Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a slacker. You stupid idiot! Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Oh, idiot! Game over, man! Hey, hey, careful Whoa. with that, Ronnie Millsap. We're downrange. What's the matter with you? I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. I was going to spend the night assembling the boys you, but this is holding my interest. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. This is episode 31, and we'll be bringing what has been an epic journey through one of our favorite things of all time to a close as we talk through the series finale of Battlestar Galactica, Daybreak. Yes. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who is voted most likely to be stuck hosting a podcast with a complete idiot by his high school class. He is the Greg the Hammer Valentine to my Brutus Beefcake. It's too bad that Shin is still giving him trouble so much year, so many years later. I give you the man they called him. The Hammer. How are you, my brother? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Now, uh, again, I know I'm always setting myself up to be disappointed that I might have. I always feel like I might have you, and then I never do. But name the tag team. That would be the Dream Team. Of course. And managed by uh, Johnny Valiant. Yes, so, there we go. They were uh, quite the duo back in the day. Now, the funny part of this is the, w- the way that I found my way to using this particular tag team for this episode is the Dark Side of the Ring episode talking about Dino Bravo. Ah, uh, which I have yet to see. Who is part of the new dream team with Greg the Hammer Valentine when they yes. decided to turn uh, Brutus Beefcake face. Mm-hmm. And... He did. Apparently, those two did not get along well. So the new te- the new dream team wasn't much of a dream team, and that <laughs> went away. Uh, but it's it's just kind of interesting how that whole thing kind of just tied all in. And oh my gosh, that oh, episode yeah. of, of Dark Side of the Ring is it's it's not one of the greater ones, but man, it is an interesting story. It's weird. It's yeah, very weird. That, that season two, which have which has just aired and completed, was was pretty amazing. I mean, just just some. You know, I, I hate to say it was amazing content talking about these sort of sad and tragic stories, but it was very, yeah. in, it, it was very interesting to kind of get some background into them because, unfortunately, or you know, just with the way businesses work, you know, it's not like WWE is going to talk about any of these things. You know, and, oh totally. Um, you know, the, the the Chris Benoit episode was an amazing opener, and then to have the Owen Hart uh, story be the closer for for the season was just incredible. Um, and yeah. I think that was a past and another thing for one of us, but um, mm, but yeah, that was yours. Was it okay? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, I started to watch the Dino Bravo one. I, I I need to get back to it, but uh, very interesting. I, I totally forgot about the new Dream Team uh, with him and, and Greg Valentine. So now here is yeah, I'm really going to test your knowledge on this one. Do you happen to remember when the Hammer got his shin guard? Uh... I remember my earliest memory of Greg Valentine was, I think, when he was going through this, like, I, I don't want to call it this, but it, it seemed like at the time, a blood feud with Tito Santana. Mm-hmm. 
And so I kind of want to say it came into play at that point because I thought he used some kind of foreign object to be to finally kind of win like the feud. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm thinking not. It may have been later. So I believe what you're referring to is back in like 84, 85. It was May 19, and this is in the Wikipedia article about Greg Valentine, which it's got, it must have been important because it's, it has its own little section. Um, Wikipedia. Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Uh, In May 1988, Jimmy Hart fitted Valentine's left shin with a shin guard, citing a mysterious injury to his wrestler and proclaiming the shin guard as Valentine's road to the gold. Because back in the 80s, that's all you needed, you know? Never had a shin guard been given so much accolade. I know. (laughs) It's right up there with that that Iron Mike Sharp uh, arm brace I was just going to say, ah! (laughs) And who was the other guy? Wasn't it like Cowboy Bob Orton or something who had the cast on his arm for like eight years? Randy Orton's father, uh, Cowboy Bob, uh, he he was the one who had the perpetual cast on his arm for like years, which I'm thinking at some point... That 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 gonna be one stinky cast. So. Oh, <laughs> you can smell that eighteen rows back. <laughs> Had to have been horrific, horrific. I just love the fact that was the description of the shin guard was his road to the gold, and and I yeah. remember that because he would go through this thing where he just when he was about to put on the figure four, he would flip the shin guard around. Yes, because supposedly that gave him more leverage. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was just like it was so insane. It was just these ridiculous things. But, but it's funny that it sticks with you. Like you, you like you remember stupid things like that mm-hmm. because they just seem so, just out there. But they were funny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or they were very entertaining. And um, you know that, that that that's what made that '80s wrestling just just so memorable. Was just some of these just over the top moments like that. Just like he's flipping the shin guard around. What the heck? <laughs> well, then keep in mind. Dwayne Johnson did quite well with an with a with an eyebrow and flipping off his elbow pad. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, you know, I mean, let's just let's just face it. It's there's been some ridiculous stuff. There in, has been. There has in been wrestling. In wrestling. Well, uh, thank oh. you uh, for joining us here this week. Uh, we certainly appreciate you taking a taking a little time out from all the stuff that's going on in the world um, and and spending a little time with us. Hopefully, we can have a little chuckle and uh, maybe escape from things for a, a little bit. I uh, hope everyone is staying safe out there um, from everything and uh, and also uh, just uh, doing your best to care for your fellow human beings. Uh, so uh, if you can, uh, if uh, you want to do that, a great way to care for your fellow human. No, I'm not going to say you t- you tell them about our podcast because quite honestly, that's not nearly enough to care for your nor- other human beings. <laughs> Actually, you should probably not tell them about this podcast. This podcast might get outlawed by the Geneva Convention if we keep this up. But uh, if you'd like to subscribe to our humble little uh, talkie here on the interwebs, you can go to freerangeidiocy.com. That will take you to our Podbean page. All of our episodes are there. You can subscribe through Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. You can follow us on the social medias. We love the social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. We're also on YouTube. If you search Free Range Idiocy, you'll find outtakes and full episodes there. So if you happen to like to get your podcast via YouTube, we're there as well. Feel free to subscribe, and uh, and we are glad to have you along for this little journey. Mm-hmm. If you have any uh, suggestions or questions for us that you would like to get answers to on the show or you have an idea for 
a show that you'd like us to jabber on about, you want to email those to Tim at FreeRangeIdiocy.com. And Tim will be on it. Johnny on the spot. I, I have no idea what he does with these. He might have already gotten a hundred of them, and he just doesn't tell me about it. I don't know. See, I have, no I have idea. a I have a dartboard on the wall, and I put oh. up these ideas, and then I blindfold myself and I throw a dart, and hopefully it gets close, and then I pick one. Wow. Hopefully none of your family is around for that. No, no, this is total uh, just an isolated activity there. Yeah. Yeah, Tim basically, you know, he gets a he gets he, what he doesn't tell you is he writes down on a card with with one of the old school like metal barrel magic markers, <laughs> the ones that are like have the toxic fumes. He, <laughs> He does that. He has about three shots of tequila. Oh, boy. And then he spins around in an office chair and just goes, wee! <laughs> <laughs> this is why he's not allowed to have pets. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, well, so uh, that takes care of all the, the business for the the evening so far, except for this. Uh, sir, what you drinking? To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. We have a can. Uh, we have a can. This is from Half Acre Beer Company, Daisy Cutter Pale Ale, straight from Chicago, Illinois, baby. So Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. So yes, I like it. I will be uh, enjoying a beverage while we speaketh. Well, that's good. Uh, as for myself, I'm enjoying a glass of Old Forester on the rocks. Uh, that is Kentucky, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It is billed as the first bottled bourbon. It is actually, let me see here. Uh, it is officially the longest running bourbon on the market today. Approximately 145 years as wow. of 2016. I'm not good at math, but they're coming up on their 150. 50th anniversary, mm. uh, and it was first bottled and marketed in 1870. Wow. So there you go. It's been around a bit, and it is quite lovely. I am enjoying this quite a bit. Very nice. Very nice. All righty. So I, we've been, we've been circling around this for a long time, haven't we? We've this been, is bittersweet, my friend. I, bittersweet. I, I'm not ready to let go, sir. No. I'm not ready to let go. No. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm actually I'm trying to look up where Admiral uh, jump away uh, jump away <laughs> <laughs> which is you know what I found is so hilarious like apparently in order to jump the ship you have to like you have to say jump Starbuck, jump the ship <laughs> have you noticed that yes I have now that you said it I'm like oh my gosh he's right <laughs> It, it's like it's required because it's like the it's like open sesame or something. Oh you have to you, you take the little the little glow stick rave key and you and you push <laughs> it in. You turn it and then you yell jump. Jump. Yep. And that jumps the ship. It's actually the saying jump. The key is really meaningless. It's the it's the yelling of the word jump. And that's, that does it. And that's what uh, what uh, Felix Gaeta. And um, his name is escaping me. I, I, oh, Zarek. That, that's what they were missing. They, they wanted to jump, and they didn't say jump. Yeah, that was the thing. Like They're, it really wasn't. It wasn't Chief pulling that whatever doohickey out of the, out of the pipe. No, nope. which I mean is is one of the more ridiculous things. But then again, we've also had an episode where a dude fixed a battle star with a wrench. So really, it actually it fits. It, could it fits happen. completely. It could totally happen. It, it could wasn't happen. that Chief yanked that piece out. It was that Felix didn't say jump. Uh, exactly. Exactly. They could have. They could have been off. It would have been. It would have been a whole other, <sighs> a whole other show. 
This has been a long time coming, my friend. It is. I just looked it up. We've been talking about, we are almost at our one-year uh, Battlestar Galactica episode. No kidding. Anniversary. We oh are actually gosh. very close. Our first uh, episode of Free Range Idiocy came out, I believe, at the end of June, beginning of July last year. Wow. Coming up on one year, and our first Battlestar Galactica episode we recorded on the 5th of August. It was our fourth episode. That's amazing. And it lasted approximately 14 and a half hours. <laughs> 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 14 and a half you're being too kind yeah it, <laughs> that's more I, like I, 24 <laughs> yeah it was and this one might i mean honestly i've i've got a i've got a box of beef jerky and a case of whiskey i've laid in provisions i've said goodbye to my to my wife and my child i've bid them farewell let them know where all my important paperwork is. Uh, Todd, I don't know Todd, how long Todd, this is going to take. Todd basically said, I'll see you on Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> my my affairs are in order. Let's just put it that way. I oh, have no idea how this is going to go. So we're, we're going to – we've talked about uh, – we've tried doing this in half seasons, and we've talked about uh, Razor, and then we, we've stretched this season out as much as possible by not just talking about the first part of the season, then the second. We talked about the first, the second part, and then we saved Daybreak for one for its own episode which it deserves it does deserve we 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 had to i i I think unlike the other seasons this this one has a lot packed into it you know and Mm. and for i'll 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 try to say that that we did it for for the people you know like like baby for you the people you know i was really hoping that you weren't going to say that we did it for the nookie because if you (laughs) you If you quoted Limp Biscuit, that not no, only no, not no, no, this no. podcast anymore, we're no longer friends. No, 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 no. Um, oh, like the oh, you the people. I need, for, I need like you, a cup. The people. Wait a minute, uh, that's that's going a very different way. With we took it like a Mario. <laughs> oh, that's true. It did have a little bit of Mario. Oh, okay, it's like Mario Bane. Yeah. Although, you know what? I'd watch the hell out of that show, out of that movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh. I never knew I needed that in my life. Good lord! See what I did? But uh, yeah, you know, I, I I think in order to be able to talk about season four in a in a timely first and foremost, why are you lying to the people? Yet, why? Yet yet with some depth, we why are we, you we lying had to break to the it up. people. <laughs> never, never. <sighs> yes. <laughs> So. Here we are, Maybe, my friend. Here we are. We're already getting slap happy, and this the episode is just beginning. People are going to think that we taped like five of these right in a row. Oh, good lord! All right. So you have some thoughts. You have some general thoughts because the, the, you're that kind of guy. You're a big picture kind of guy. Mm-hmm. That's what you are. You're a visionary. I try. <clears throat> or I don't. I'm, I just I'm successful. I never about... care to do this part, and I just leave it up to you. Well, it's one of those. There's there's that part of it too, but. Um, <laughs> But but my general thoughts are 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 this. I I thought the way that um that 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 the team put this together made a lot of sense to do it in three parts. Uh, mm. for, for for Ronald Moore and team to to break it into three made a lot of sense. And and having watched it a couple times over the last you know two weeks to kind of let it soak in, you know, really kind of think about what my top five moments were and stuff. It it really kind of stood out to me how each part you know, really served a very specific purpose. And, and so, so part one, I really feel like is kind of like the calm before the storm. You know, this, mm-hmm. this, this is the, this is the rallying cry. This is the, the finding of, 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 
you know, the, the final goal, the, the, the discovery of, of purpose in some ways um, for, for this crew and what their last mission will be. Uh, mm. Part two was really, uh, I, I kind of stole one from C.S. Lewis on this one, calling it the last battle. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, was, that was one of the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, or actually the final book, uh, as the title would indicate. Um, and then part three was, uh, I, I kind of called this Paradise Found, and, and what I really mm-hmm. appreciated about this was the third part, the fact they took the time to dedicate it to finishing these character stories out in a very purposeful way. Yeah. Nothing rushed, nothing cut, nothing overlooked. They they gave it the breathing room to do that. And and this story you needed to do that with. You know what I mean? Like after all the disappointment, after all the twists and turns, the gut punches we've talked about, when they finally find a habitable planet, which we'll get into what that is and, and what that ends up meaning for all of us, you know, it, it, it was just a very, very well done way to end such a uh, such an epic story. And, mm-hmm. and, and I really appreciate that. And it, that really stood out to me this time when, when I watched it. I watched it last week and I watched it over the weekend uh, as well. And, and I just the fact that there's so, you know, I think there's only about 12 or 13 minutes of actual real you know action in the third part. And the rest of the show is just here. Here's what they do, you know, and, and, and here's how they all end up. And it just it closes things so beautifully and so. So, uh, you know, just with a finality that that just feels satisfying. I agree. And uh, I think it's interesting because I I like the three part structure. However, I watched uh, because, again, I'm old school, so I've got it on the DVDs. Mm -hmm. There is the there is the the daybreak unedited version so it is the it is a a bunch of stuff thrown back in and i believe i didn't have time to really go back and do a compare and contrast because i watched i watched the 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 three-parter like as aired version Mm -hmm. earlier this week and then today in prep for the show i decided hey i'm gonna watch the the you know the the extra version you know Mm -hmm. the the longer cut version I think they actually moved some pieces around, and I remember that that Ron Moore, when I was uh, well, because I watched the aired version once, uh, just watching it. Then I watched it almost all the way through with the with the Ron Moore commentary, okay. and then I was watching the the extra cut version, and I believe that they actually changed some of the order around because Ron Moore had discussed that they had they had originally written it a little bit differently and they, the yeah. way that they kind yeah. of put it together for air changed the structure a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah. And so I re, I'm not, I, I didn't go back and do a compare and contrast because honestly, I just didn't have time. So there's a few things in here that as we go through, I actually kind of want to point out from some of the extra stuff that got cut and how yeah, good. It, it kind of affects that because it's, yep. it is interesting how a lot of times when you see like deleted scenes, you're like, oh, there's a damn good reason that was deleted because yeah, that and, makes no sense and I, I so i had been watching mine on the cheap through the 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 sci-fi app because they they're airing all the the episodes for frugal, free sir frugal huh? frugal for us uh, frugal. frugal there you go for the people um <laughs> <laughs> thank you mario bain mario hey um but <laughs> you almost spit your drink out on that one you almost you almost made whiskey come out of my nose thank you <laughs> You don't get me very often, but when when you do, it's good. <laughs> I make it count. Um, 
No, but what I was going to say is when, when I was watching the the sci-fi version, and I'm not you know spoiling anything when when since this we're talking about the end, but um, I I noticed that there must have been some detail left out of it, which actually has me kind of thinking I'm 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 very much considering trying to buy I think maybe the DVD box set of this because mm-hmm. and, and it sounds you know silly to say this with with such a a throwaway scene, but I remember the very first time I watched this, which was on DVD, when um, when they're kind of all you know they're they're resolving the endings of the characters like for example Tyrrell ends up um mm-hmm. i thought i remember a part where he talked about going to the northern islands or something like like he basically found yeah. what you think is scotland um well that's that's in the air version well not the sci-fi one sci-fi done are you serious oh yeah i was i was a little ripped about that one they I'm even like, edited like the 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 air version yeah yep Oh, that's BS. Sacrilege! I, I, I don't mean BSG. Like, that is straight up B.S. And and I thought I was misremembering, and then I go back, and I, I think I found a clip somewhere, um, like on YouTube, like it was a really bad recording or anything, but it, I then it was that scene, and I'm like, okay, I thought... So so then I'm, I'm thinking, well, what else have I missed? Because now, like, what else have they cut? You know, so mm-hmm. I got to go back and get get the DVD box up. But anyways, <sighs> yeah, I, I was so wrong. Oh, very wrong. Very because because watching it, the last thing I see of Terrell is him just sitting there after the the Tory thing, which we'll talk about. So, yeah, and there's which and which the is so is, wrong. You know, I mean, that's not how that ends. There's actually a scene in there. Like in between, like as he's sitting there, there's a there is a scene in the extra version okay. that that sits in there that we can talk about when we get to there. All right, but yeah, I agree. The three part, kind of the three parts of this, and and really getting everyone has their moment. Yes, every every character is given space, which I thought was was really nice, and I I could see where some. There, there could be people who watch this who who might be a little bit like, oh, it took forever and blah blah blah. It's like you know what? Shut up, Wesley. Shut it. This is this is a great way to end it. Everyone gets a moment. Everyone has a little breathing room in there. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was very like like complete is a word that keeps coming to my mind. There, there was just a completeness to it. Yeah. And 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 we'll get into more of why that is when we talk about our moments and our characters and so forth. Um, just a couple other minor points. Um. I really enjoyed the flashbacks to their life, to aspects of their lives before the fall, yeah, um, and and how that played into the ending that that they end up getting for for Lee, for Roslyn, for uh, for Adama, and for um, Baltar. Mm. Um, or, and sorry, it, Lee is Lee in Starbuck, but but you, yeah. you know all, all of those are are just so well done and. You know, especially I th- probably the most shocking one we end up finding out is Rosalind about the 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 immensity of loss that she goes through. Oh um, yeah, and and you don't even realize it, and and it kind of explains some of the closed offness of her character from from the beginning, mm-hmm. really well. So so there was that, and then um, you know, and 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 I, I I've always appreciated you know I, I appreciated this with Lost, and I I very much appreciated this with this series, is is the way they wove spirituality into. In, into it and and just how really when it got down to it, it there there was several leaps of faith that happened that ended up leading them to the end goal that they were always kind of hunting for but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't anything they did of their own you know choice or or purpose there, there there was a sequence of events that had to play out to get them to where they were going and they had to make those choices not knowing what that end result was going to be and so yeah. i just i appreciated that you know, kind of the use of, of that concept of, of leaps of faith to, to, that eventually brought them 
to their end goal without them even realizing it. So it was it was just kind of a neat th- theme they kind of you know kind of wove throughout those three parts. Yeah, and as Baltar said, you know, there's been there's been larger forces at play. Yes. You know, the yep. whole time. Yeah. And everyone has been affected by it in some way or, or another. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Very much so. So those are just some just some general thoughts before we get into the uh, the top five. All right. Time time now for the the uh, as usual uh, obligatory. I got to let the stupid cat out. Hang on. What's new, pussycat? Now, the thing is, I actually don't feel all that bad about that because uh, I've forgotten in a lot of the podcasts that Ron Moore was recording, he was having trouble with his cats as well. The cats were <laughs> scratching and stuff, and a couple times he would have to take the cat and toss the cat out of the room. Not toss it. I mean, just, you know, put the cat out of the room. I don't oh, know if he tossed funny. it or not. That's funny. So it, it's actually kind of fitting that that would happen during our, our final uh, our final f- series finale podcast for Battlestar Galactica. So right now we're going to get into our top moments from Daybreak. And, uh, sir, would you go first? Give me your – what's your first moment? Uh, so my first moment, and I, I kind of uh, – you know, in the past when we've done these, we, I think you and I have, have rejiggered our, our one through fives in different ways. And so I, I'm going to walk this through timeline-wise because I think for, for this – this mm-hmm. uh, chunk of content, it, it just makes the most sense um, to, to not dive right into the end, but but to kind of work our way forward. So I call this, and I, I, I love that Adama did this, mm. mainly because on the second viewing, I realized, well, there's already kind of a red stripe in the middle. <laughs> it's like, why, why are you putting another yeah. red stripe on top of the red stripe? But anyways, uh, I call it Adama's walk the line speech, uh, asking mm. for volunteers for the final mission. Um you know, it's it's not. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I'm not entirely clear, even after two viewings, what triggers him to to finally uh, come to accept the the idea of, of going and getting Hera. But he he comes around to it. Um, they they uh, Anders has the location of the colony, and he decides in that moment. He you know Starbucks pulling pulling the red tape, and he puts a line right in the middle of the. Uh, uh, the deck, basically, yeah, the, the hangar deck. Thank you. Um, and basically gives this great speech. I mean, oh, Edward James almost well, two, two. Because well, I mean, he initially first one was subdued. First one was just kind of this is what we're going to do. Um, kind of leads to one of your moments that I know you're calling out. And then he gets to the meat of when he's standing up on on the platform and he's giving you know he's projecting oh, his voice yes and, and i just i mean it's just incredible acting I by ju- edward I james on the right side of my couch when that <laughs> happened i out of out of respect oh. for admiral adama i'm i'm in i'm in admiral but i i love the way where he's like make no mistake this yes. is a one way trip <laughs> Like, and and oh, don't forget man. either. Don't forget either. One of my favorite things. He brings it back one last. It, this is like this was literally like the farewell tour, bringing out all the greatest hits sort of thing. Like yeah. you knew they were gonna have to play like their their hotel California. You know, oh, you're not, yeah. you're not getting out of it without that. Mm-hmm. So, but when he when he says, if there's not enough people to crew the Galactica. I will eat. And I'm like, oh, he's going to say it. He's going to say it. A Raptor assault team. I was like, yes. 
<laughs> I don't know why I love when Dominic starts talking about a rapturous salt. I don't know what it is. It's just a combination of words and Edward James almost. It just, I'm like, I, it just, it makes me laugh and gets me fired up at the same time. So the fact that he was like, but it also shows the commitment. Like he is, he will, he's, he'll get on a, however many Raptors will go and he will go. He's willing to go that far. I kind of have this I vision. Was fantastic. I kind of have this vision of you yeah, sliding to that side of the couch. And then when he makes that statement, all of a sudden your bowl of popcorn goes flying through the air. Drink goes flying. It's like, yes. <laughs> oh, you better know it. I'm, I was, I was looking around. I'm like, Oh, uh, give me, give me some of them goggles that they always, they have a never ending <laughs> supply of for the Marines. I don't know why they have them. I've, I've uh, never saw any, any of the Marines wear them, but you know, yep. they got them. Yeah. Um, yep. So as as for your question, though, sir, I, I actually I think it's partly what um, like you had said in the previous uh, episode that we did. Uh, I think it's Hilo's plea. Yeah. Start is, is the initial seed. But when when Hot Dog talks about t- grabbing all the pilots pictures and how there's there's photos on that memorial wall and there's they're probably just people who were who nobody remembers anymore because the their their loved ones died along the way or something so there's right. all these photos of people that no one's collecting them yep. you know yep. so it's it's this kind of sad thing and he goes there and there's Athena and Hera yeah. and seeing Hera there mm-hmm. i think you know he he has that moment where he walks away and then he turns back around and has that i think that was just that thing of of you know he's committed to okay the human race has to survive and, and galactica is is can't do what it used to do so we have to move on right but that idea of you know not leaving anyone else behind mm-hmm. it's not no one else we're, yep. we're going to stop we're i'm even if it's just me and like three people i will go and try and get this kid yeah it there's not going to be anyone else left behind yep. you know that sort of thing yeah. I, and i thought that was fantastic i thought that was a great moment that's when it's like uh i've, I've talked about like samuel jackson you know sam jackson just like chewing scenery and robert downey mm-hmm. jr it's like and that's where Ed, edward james almost is so brilliant because he can do that with silence yes yeah he just devours that scene and does it without really saying anything yeah it's just in his walk on his face oh my gosh there's a master class just in like scenes like that with 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 uh with edward james almost oh i love it so much yeah. i can talk about that scene for 10 minutes so let's not do that though oh my gosh Awesome scene. Yeah. Awesome scene. Yeah. And, and and quick shout out. I love the Doc Cottle moment mm. where 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 well, well there's well there's two moments in there that that kind of make you a little dusty uh, you know a little dusty in the room. One mm-hmm. is is Cottle going through and 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 Adama, you know, thanking him, and even say you know using his first name. Yeah. You know, but but saying look, you're a doctor. We 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 can't lose you. You know, sort yeah. of thing. I mean, just just fantastic little moment for Cottle who, who's had little moments but never you know anything with any sort of uh, bravery or, or courage really being required of him you know what I mean and, and, and this was this was really cool and then of course Rosalind mm. oh yeah I mean if Rosalind didn't get at least a thousand people to move over just as the poor thing like you know the way Mary McDonald played that where she's just so fragile at this point mm-hmm. and and I you know and I'm sorry I don't mean to cheat here but you have to admit that that moment when she gets to where you know Adama comes and takes her hand and walks her over, and she he walks her over to Starbuck. Yes. And think about how this season started with mm-hmm. with her shooting a gun at Starbuck. And what does Starbuck do? She she holds her, 
and then she grabs her. I, I mean, it was just it was such a, a, a neat, you know, coming around sort of moment of, you know, even though these characters have done, you know, some uh, or, or made some poor choices or or, you know, when when push came to shove, they they were really uh, going against each other. There there's that that, you know, they, they have the ability to come back around. And, and I, I don't mean to go as far as say forgiveness, but just the, the ability for them to still kind of. You know, for Starbuck to be able to hold her like that, even though she sh- took a shot at her head. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it just reminds you that there's no one else. Like, this is all there is of humanity as far as they exactly. know. And yeah. y- you can't, you know, holding a grudge, yeah. man, that's got to be real tough because there's only 30-odd, some, some odd thousand of you left. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, it, it, it's tough to, to live in that space and not to have, you know, some of that come around and not recognize... Yep. Yeah, so I did Coddle, stuff Coddle you did too. and Rosalind were, were just little fantastic touches to that. So, yeah, and I also I also like the touch of you know of course Lee is the first one to cross. Yeah, and then uh, Saul and Ellen of course next, and then if I'm not mistaken, I believe Hot Dog Bodie almost mm-hmm. Eddie's Eddie's son is the is the next person to cross, which yep. I thought was kind of maybe it was just totally just the way it worked out but i i thought that was nice and of course then you have tyrell doing his you know grabbing tori like what you got something better to do <laughs> bring her across the line i was like that's great that's but awesome then, of course then there's a scene that's in between those that, that's kind of one of my honorable mentions and that's like what i like to call the the adama's got a plan montage mm-hmm. and that's where they're going around the ship and everyone is doing the exposition yeah and i just i thought that was it's it's kind of unusual in the way that Battlestar Galactica goes because it's not strictly in the uh, the sort of um, documentary style that they primarily right. shot in, right. but it was just nice. It was really cool just to see well, everybody, and especially when like Ellen and Ellen and Tori are walking by, and they let them walk by, and there's Lee on the phone, yeah, you know, talking about you know, and and anyone who's. Uh, you know, demoted or, or in the brig for the the mutiny. Like they're even gonna let if even if you even if you're trying to shoot people, we're gonna let you back out yeah. because we need everybody. I thought that was a great scene too. In between there, all of that though well, is just and, amazing. And and it was genius because it doesn't make his second speech essentially, uh, mm. which, which was the more powerful of of the two, um, redundant because yes. by, by by making the other players do the exposition and having him just kind of start it off in a small way at least gave you know the right breathing space and and air for him to then do the big speech which is the one that yeah. you know that that I was quoting that was just fantastic i mean that 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 was his genius writing on their part and, and and genius use of the other characters to kind of take what could have been a repetitive thing and turn it into like like you were saying it, it was just more effective hearing them do the exposition on it and then have him deliver the one two punch of the actual you know, he, you, here you are. Walk the line. Make a choice. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that they gave so much silence and stillness after he finishes that speech, and he's coming down off the ladder. Yeah, and then he just walks around, and he's standing there on that line, and it feels like forever. Like I, I was rewatching it today, and I hadn't. It's, it hadn't been that long since I watched it, and I'm like, I thought he said something here. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And then eventually he finally says, make your choice. Make your choice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, the, the, just the dead space that they allow in there, which was yeah. one of the things that again, Ron Moore had mentioned in a lot of podcasts, is they would fight for those moments, those, those moments of where nothing is happening, where normally if you're doing any kind of 
a series that has any kind of action, those are the first things you cut. Yeah. Because all it's doing is like giving some shading to different characters. He's like, we would fight for those. We would we would cut other stuff that we thought was cool just to add in more character moments. And that really is a little bit of a character moment because it's showing you Adama, but it's also kind of giving you the gravity of the situation. Like people are like uh, someone else has got to move first. I'm not going to be the first one to step forward. And I thought that was fantastic that it just, it, they allowed that breathing room. I thought that was a great choice. Yep. Yep. So my, my moment, and, uh, I'm, I'm going to cheat here. I'm just warning you ahead of time is really kind of the Lee and Gaius angle Mm -hmm. or, or kind of arc throughout this, this uh, this episode, which I thought was really great, because you go from, you know, Baltar is is hounding Lee to get more into the government because, you know, he's hounding after him, and, and Lee is totally on to him. Like you're just out for a power grab, and and in a way, his Baltar's followers are like they're realizing that they have a majority on a lot of the different ships and yeah. and all that, so they're they're thinking like, ooh, we can take over. And Baltar actually floats this plan to Lee that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And you suddenly realize, like, oh, this is why Baltar keeps getting more chances. Because he actually does have a point mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he's smart. And he does make good points. And he will say something that's intelligent and is so, like, sensically, like, how come didn't anyone else think of that? Right. Of course, he's also a complete Looney Tune and a you know sociopath and all these other things too, which you know balance. So, but this idea of the quorum isn't going to be the same. It's not about the colonies anymore. It, they're on ships and a restructuring right. of of the government, and it probably will favor him, you know, and it right. will favor him because they they're saying he has a majority of on the ships. But at the same time, it is an idea that you like that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. And and the fact that Lee then calls him back out, even though, you know, Baltar's like, it's not for me personally. Lee coming back at him with, you've never made an unselfish act. And then I love the way that he turns it back around when Baltar is playing, you know, because I haven't been a goody goody or this and that. And I haven't made the Lee Adama, you know, level mm-hmm. of. Uh, measure of goodness and he's like I don't think you've passed the Gaius Baltar test <laughs> for goodness that was and fantastic man, that was great because you actually see Baltar kind of have that moment of introspection like you know you got me on that one <laughs> well, I haven't well, even lived and, up to my own level well, and, and my level is like real. my bar is really low and I haven't even lived up to that Well, and, and, and it wasn't just that but it was also what he said after that which was when have you made a choice that doesn't directly benefit Gaius Baltar. Yes. And and he says, tell me one. I'll even believe you. Right. Like he's he's like even if you make something up right now, I'll believe you. But I don't even think you can make anything up. And 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 Baltar in that moment, like like you said, I he, he has this kind of moment of of introspection and and he doesn't and and it's it, I think that's a step for the character. The fact that he doesn't try to BS him on it. You know what yes. I mean? Like, because because yeah. you could have, you you absolutely at least said it. He's like, I'll believe that's, you. That's what Baltar does. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that that, um, that was such a great moment. Yeah, and I and I love how it then also ties into, of course, you know, he, Baltar wants to step across the line after Adama's speech, but he doesn't. 
He chickens out. Caprica crosses. Yep. Caprica's over on the other side. She's going to go on the mission. Baltar wants to, and you can see that he wants to, and Callus plays it really well, oh where gosh. you just read it all over his face, but he doesn't. And then that last raptor out, uh, which, uh, of course, fantastic. Freaking Lee, of course, you know, mm-hmm. president of the colonies and admiral of the fleet. You yep. know, Lee, it's like, oh, come on. Just one more of these, like, departures or arrivals that make me, you know, almost tear up. Thanks. Appreciate yep. it. But then Baltar's supposed to be on that raptor, and he doesn't. And Lee sees him not get on the raptor, and they have that little look. And then I love how Lee doesn't let him off the hook. Like, okay, hey, you know, I'm glad you stayed. He just throws that rifle at him like, you know. Right, right. (laughs) Like, you're ours now. Oh, which 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 very poetically mirrors what happened in season one in the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Right, because what? How did he end? He was he was going to be left on Caprica. Yep. And he ends up. I, I forget. Did, did he steal some woman's number or something like that, or or help her? Well, no. He he doesn't steal the number. He's thinking he actually, about it. He is thinking about it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, she can't read the slip of paper, but her glasses are on her head. And and so she's like, I can't read this. And she has a number, and he's thinking like, I could totally take this. Yeah. And then he he won't do it. And then that's when Hilo sees him. Right, um, right. But, yeah, oh, my gosh. That, and, and I love how Lee doesn't let him off the hook. But then when they come back from the colony, Baltar <laughs> is there. And he's like – and he almost ends up, like, shooting the whole team that comes back. But, you know, of course, Lee's like he, – he actually does let him off the hook. They're like, no, you've done good. I just love the fact that he it, – it's just one of those goofy moments where he's shooting. And I love how Six, like, is like – finally like no don't shoot at them and she like steers his rifle yeah. up and he's still firing <laughs> oh yeah yeah and he's like sorry 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 oh it's fantastic oh it's fantastic and and also even just the Baltar's moment with his followers where you know they're yeah. like get on the get on the rap he's like I don't belong to you you appropriated me mm-hmm. which uh, at the same time you're kind of like well he's right but he's wrong Baltar he, totally went along oh, with this oh yeah oh yeah you yeah. know, well, like and he's giving himself an out a little bit, you know. Yeah, and 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 a subtle thing, like like you just mentioned though, when when that shooting scene happens, and, and he finally stops shooting, mm. it is telling to the Leah Dama character the 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 grace he shows him though, you know, because yeah. he he like you said he he tells him you you've done good, and and he sees the va- the fact that he's trying, he's trying to do what what Lee accused him of never doing. Mm-hmm. And and it, it was just a it's a very short moment, but it's a neat it's a very I hate the word neat because it just it's 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 a cool moment I guess uh, for mm-hmm. for that character to to just show that kind of grace to him given everything they've gone through. Yeah. Yes. So I thought I thought their whole arc through the through oh, this yeah. episode was fantastic. Excellent. And what's your next ep- uh, your next moment here, sir? Uh, my number two was a bit of a it's a little dusty in the room moment. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, this. Uh, hang on. I got. I got to go get a pack of smokes. Wait a minute. And we got a. And we got some Camel non filters hanging around. It's your patient now. <laughs> Ishe. Oh my gosh. Uh, but oh, it, it, yes. it is in the sick bay. Um, Roslyn, you know, as, as she gets up to uh, go to this, this speech that Adama is going to give, taking a moment to thank Cottle for everything that he has done for her, for extending mm. her life well beyond 
what you know she even knows it she's like you you extended my life well beyond what it should have been and you know his, his initial reply was kind of funny he's like well i'm just doing my job and he, she's like oh yeah. no and yeah and the emotion and it is remarkable when you think about it like yeah i mean this is just a he's just a ship's doctor there's no specialty training there's no specialty equipment they're on an old ship yeah and and through and of course i mean a little help some cylon blood but i mean he has managed to remarkably keep this woman alive all this time like yep. i mean mccoy might get a lot of props for for what you know for the doctor that he is I'd, I'd almost think that Doc Cottle is a better doctor <laughs> than, than McCoy. Maybe not a better character, but yeah. he's, he's a, I mean, damn, that's impressive. Yes. That's impressive. Yeah. And uh, then again, of course, you know, McCoy did cure someone's kidney disease with like an aspirin. So well, there, he does have, maybe it's a tie. McCoy has his moments. Yes. Uh, but, but the, the emotion that, that Mary McConnell plays in that is just incredible. Mm, I mean, she, she yeah. just. Um, and, and I call this uh, there, there's two of my top five moments that, that I, I have this this in quotes, this word earned like this is mm. an earned moment given the last four seasons and everything her character has been through. And to, to for the writers, you know, it, it just it says a lot about their sensibility with with how much they're trying to make this ending so character driven that they take the time to, to have her give him this recognition. You know, to, yes. to say thank you for doing this. She, you know, she said you went well above what your job was for me. You, you kept me alive mm-hmm. so I could battle the Cylons and 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 do all this. And the response from him is fantastic, which is like, yes. he's like, well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, and then but but then her line back, and I actually wrote this oh, down. Oh, go ahead, fantastic. Don't, don't spoil your image. Just go light a cigarette and grumble. <laughs> And then he kisses her hand, oh, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, you, oh, oh, it, it, I, oh, it was, it was dusty in the room. It, My hay it, fever was kicking up. Something fierce, something man. Something fierce. The pollen count went up that moment. Oh, it was, it was rough. I had to go get some Claritin. <laughs> <It was laughs> but, I don't know what happened. But, 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 what a great, you know, like, there isn't a point in the show after that where it's, you know, really where it would have made sense to give Coddle any sort of send off, and and he's been such. Yeah a secondary character in some ways, but, but what a neat way to give a character that kind of, you know, send off from, from her of all people, you know, because of course he's the one who he probably had the most impact on during those four years. And, and, and she addresses that. And so it's just, it's a very earned moment. Uh, It was very Mm -hmm. good of the writing team and of, of, of the, the, the BSG team to, to kind of give that character that service and, and give him that moment. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was played beautifully for on both sides, both both Mary McDonald. I, I don't have the actor's name who did Coddle, but um, just, oh my gosh, just yeah. so good. Just so, uh, so good. I want to say Donnelly Rhodes. OK, um, uh, shoot. Hang on. Let me see if I can dig it up here. But no, he he is fantastic. I, and you know what? The fact is, like it, we, we got the we got the Battlestar spinoff with, um, you know, with Caprica. I would have gone along with a Battlestar uh, like spinoff called Coddle. I would have I would have watched the living snot out of that. Coddle MD. <laughs> yes, and it was it was Donnelly Rhodes, and it oh my gosh, fantastic, amazing, fantastic, amazing. What what is your number two, my friend? 
Uh, well, mine, mine. I'm calling this one the "I love it when a plan comes together" sequence. This is it really kind of covers the initial kind of intelligence after uh, Racetrack and Skulls get back when they f- when they find out what they have to what they're dealing with, mm-hmm. and then through the planning and explaining again, they kind of spread the exposition around, which is good. Yeah. And I love how they, you know, they start off with with Hilo kind of with the Raptor pilots, and and uh, of course taking it that extra step of you know. This is already a volunteer mission, but I've been told that we need to get your, you need to volunteer for this part of the volunteer mission. Like it is that risky and everyone volunteers. And and I love Hilo. You know, that's my Raptor Wranglers always looking for new and interesting ways to get killed. (laughs) Like, oh, you know, and the thing is like that is in a way that is such a cheesy line. But yeah. the fact that Hilo says it mm-hmm. kind of sells it because if Starbucks said it, I don't know if I'd quite buy it as well. But Hilo, just the sincerity of that character, I just I really appreciated yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And then of course, you know Adama, you know, uh, you know Lee's briefing all the Marines because again Lee just does whatever. I mean, yeah, he's a Raptor pilot. I mean, a, a Viper pilot. But of course, he's also an expert in like. I don't know, land assault as well. I don't know what his job is this week. Nobody does. He might be a lawyer. He might be planning a you know, I got a mop knows? and bucket. I can take care of the floor. <laughs> yeah, he might, he might be scrubbing deck somewhere. I'm not sure, okay? <laughs> he was actually outside repainting the, the G on the Galactic on the, hand, on the landing bay, just, you know, for giggles. He's a painter as well. Uh, but I, then... <laughs> Then, of course, you have Adama briefing in the CIC and talking about how, you know, they want the gun captains to, to fire and keep firing until they're out of ammo. Yeah, yeah. And then I want them to throw rocks. Yeah. And just that wry smile, like, yeah, yep. this we're going to be deep in it here, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know. Oh, yeah. But I, oh, man, I just love that whole sequence because, again, it's a, great, it's a great way to get you through the planning stage in a very elegant way where yeah. you don't have one person doing everything. Right. And you spread it around. You get all the characters involved and yeah. they did it in a very you know in a very quick way too it allows you to get through that sequence pretty quickly so that you can then get to the next thing right, um, right. and I really I just always love those kind of scenes sort of like the way I love you know I just love the the training scene in every Rocky movie which oh yeah in some of the especially Rocky 4 like the movie is two thirds training scene that's all they do in the, when, in the damn movie when I watched Rocky 4 with my younger son and, and it had been a long time since I'd watched it, it was it, it with Rocky three. Those were like two of my favorites just because of the action, you know, and, and like you said, the training scene. But I remember watching it with my son and thinking to myself, my God, there's no story to this movie. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's just it's just Apollo's dead and Rocky's now going to run up Everest. Apollo and dies. That's Rocky trains. Rocky fights. Rocky wins. End of movie. <laughs> yeah. Rocky grows a beard because that was the that was the big thing. That was oh it. And then gosh. he ends the Cold War. So yeah, I mean we have we have that to thank him for, That's you know. Right. That's right. Uh so what's your next one, sir? What's your next moment? Well, do you want to do yours cuz of the just the timeline of ours or do, do you want me to go well, ahead with mine? Well, actually, I kind of want to go back on something here because sure. uh, one of the extra scenes mm-hmm. that uh, was tossed in here, uh, well, actually two so far, because and this will kind of tie in a little bit with uh, with Boomer and Chief. We see that Boomer is the one who makes the move on Chief first. Like they're in the in like the parts locker or whatever, you know, their little love nest, mm-hmm. and um, you know, because nothing like the smell of grease to really just you know, oh, forget <laughs> lighting a candle and putting on some champagne. 
get you some viper grease and some old parts and that and that's man that will set a lady's heart afire apparently there you go uh or it works for at least a Cylon lady. I don't know. I always, I've always been more of kind of a, a roses and tulips sort of fellow, but eh, whatever. <laughs> so uh, we find out that that Boomer was the one who made the move first with Chief, which is kind of interesting because uh, the way that it was that character was originally written. I think uh, Aaron Douglas uh, Chief's character was supposed to be w- a lot older. Oh, okay. They were they were okay. supposed to be really far away in age, but so Boomer makes the first move on on Chief, and he of course is you know. He, he's not saying no. And so then uh, a little bit later on, there's a there's an extra scene with Boomer and Hilo mm-hmm. in, the, in the Raptor. And Hilo is basically telling her, like, hey, you're going to get us booted off this battle star with you messing around with Chief. You know, and he knows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and she's trying, like, okay, oh, I'll stop, I'll stop. And she's like, but I don't want to, and this and that and the other. And she's all happy and fluttery. And you see Hilo there, that unrequited kind of love that he had for her yeah that then ends up being for athena yeah yeah a totally different model of of sharon but i mean it's it it, it was just an interesting little scene i'm like oh i kind of wish that they left that in but then again it also would have meant kept keeping like two or three other scenes and i can kind of understand why they didn't but i I did appreciate it in the overall context so there's those two kind of extras in there interesting yeah so then this ties again into boomer which is uh my my third moment here which is oh this is such a great scene such a great scene so mm-hmm. now we're now we're on the colony and of course uh boomer has decided that she's going to betray cavill and simon and uh whatever the other dude is the dude who would change his coat and thought that was a disguise because uh, you know simon he was the or doral simon doral yes doral simon simon's the doctor yeah, yeah doral yeah. That oh that oh, hapless sh- putts. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I'm sorry, but he is. He was he was like the he was like the 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 cousin Oliver of the, yeah. <laughs> the Cylons. Like, good lord, if we need someone to get blown up, bring in Doral. Yep. How would how would you like to be that actor? Once how would you like to be that? actor? Once he had his moment oh. in season one where where he was essentially left behind. You know, like they they figured yeah. out something wasn't quite right with him. Uh, yeah, after that, he was just like this psychopath. Oh, yeah. And then Simon was yeah. just this matter-of-fact scientist guy, and he even continued it even all the way up to the end, you know, like with that whole oh, totally. conversation with Boomer. He's like, oh, it's basic mathematics, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like you may as well have called him Professor Frank from The Simpsons, you know? It's like, bye, yeah. with and the until, numbers. Until Boomer, like, hit him like a Bud Light pop-top. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, that was, and that was it for that, Simon. That's uh, but, all uh, she wrote. But so Boomer has Hera, and she f- she finds the the attack team. It's uh, the tactical team that is coming to get uh, Hera, and of course it has Athena. Hands over Athena, and then Athena guns her down, and we get this, which also has another. This was an honorable mention of mine, because Boomer tells Athena, you know, your Raptor has been destroyed. You can't go back the way you came, and Athena starts talking and says you know well we didn't plan on going that way and starbuck just kind of has that moment of can we not tell her the plan and and (laughs) yes yes and you just hear athena real quick go right yeah yeah (laughs) which i was just like because she it's almost like don't scooby-doo this thing or don't like james bond villain this thing don't tell her what we're gonna do but anyway so of course uh boomer is dying and we get a flashback to her start on galactica and she is in adama's 
quarters, and she is at attention, and she is in trouble. Uh, she can she's not made the trap, which is apparently uh, I'm guessing is almost like not making the the arrestor cable in terms of you know uh, a, a aircraft carrier in space. And so Adama and Ty are basically saying she's washed out. Adama goes into this great like uh, speech and talking about you know uh, he knows who she is and has read all of her history, and then he starts saying you know, there's a lot of ghosts running around here. You know, you don't want to take him in the cockpit with you. Mm-hmm. And he ends up letting her off. And, you know, because she's asking, you don't want me to beg. And he's like, I want you to make he's like, I want you to make a landing without digging holes in my deck. Just like, <laughs> and of course, Ty's over there and they're both drinking, which I'm like, this is fantastic. Oh, the two boy. commanding officers are having a drink and Ty's like, the doctor is in. Leave your neuroses at the door. And then, of course, he <laughs> gives that lovely little Ty cackle, which is awesome. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> exactly. And so but the the, the idea of like she then they let he lets her off gives her one more chance mm-hmm. and she says i owe you one and and that whole idea of like yeah you and a lot of other people you know and so few pay back especially the ones who owe you their lives yeah. and i just love how it then comes down to that i'll pay you back one day sir when it really means something mm. and adama just has that moment all of a sudden he just snaps back and he's like you do that and that's like that's the end of Boomer's story is that she did pay back the old man. So, can, can oh, I? Can, it was freaking amazing. Can, can, can it was I like ask? The redemption of it was the redemption of Boomer. It was it was it was literally like the only thing missing there was like if they had picked up her body and then brought her to Endor and put her on a funeral pyre uh, like. Pyre, while all the while all the Ewoks danced around in the background, <laughs> that was all that was missing. Yes. It was the, it was the redemption of Boomer yep. Skywalker. That's what how I look at that. So I have to ask: Was this part of the the part two finale? This this flashback you're talking about? No, this was part of a. Wait a minute, what are you talking about? The 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 thing where Boomer's talking to Adama and and Ty. That was yeah. That was in that was in Daybreak. Okay. Sci-fi has hosed me again. Are they cut that out? They cut that entire scene out. Oh, d- <laughs> I'm li- I, I'm listening to you, and I'm remembering it vaguely from when I watched it for the very first time again on the DVD, and I'm realizing they hosed me again. <laughs> I can't even communicate to you how I am right now. Oh my gosh! I that is like the crux of that. How I, I know I've I'm feeling very just sci-fi. I, you oh. are dead to me. <laughs> how dare you? See, see now, see now, now, kids, come a little closer. Let, let Uncle Todd tell you something. This here. Uncle Todd this moment is... was brought to you by what? What? What are you drinking again? <laughs> Old Forester. There we go. All right, continue. Now, now this is why you buy DVDs so you don't get hosed by the network. Because if Leon gets were here right now, he'd tell you they always hose you at the network. <laughs> they they know you'll be miles away before you find out. They know you'll be doing your podcast and they hose you at the at the network. That's what it is. They get you. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. So, so like Uncle Todd says, get your DVDs mm-hmm. because. They'll come in handy later. Oh man! Well, I'm I'm glad you you put that in as one of yours because, like I said, having totally missed that, I 
Um, that's wrong. That is so yeah, wrong. That, that is like, that's awful. I can understand some of the stuff like editing out for time, but then again, this is like on the app. Like, there's no time. Unless they're just trying to get all the episodes down to 42 minutes, because that's what they all seem to be. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. So, sorry. I I don't uh, mean to take away from your moment, because I I think it was very poetic. That's it. We march on sci-fi headquarters tomorrow morning. All right. Me and you. (laughs) That'd be it. Actually, they're probably in, like, a garage in Van Nuys somewhere. (laughs) It's like a P.O. box. <laughs> oh my gosh! But 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 back to your your moment though. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. That and and that's what I'm talking about when I said completeness. You know what I mean? Like mm. like they take the time to tell the story to to bring things full circle. Um, yeah. You know, with well, they could they could have just left it with like, oh hey, we resolve Athena and Boomer. Well, she right, did. Right. But they actually resolve this character, and it makes sense. A Boomer has been yeah part of the entire story since the miniseries. You know exactly. Oh exactly. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I, I'm. I'm. <sighs> good. It's going to take me a little while to get over the the sci-fi editing that out. Oh I'm, my I'm, gosh, I'm I'm oh. I'm I'm a, a wee bit livid right now, but I'll hold it together to to go into my number three. If un, unless you have more to. Uh, well, actually, the upon. one thing I do want to toss in there is on rewatching this today, mm-hmm. uh, because you're gonna you're gonna be taking place at yours is taking place after this, the sheer beating that Galactica takes jumping in on the colony just like that moment of like they jump in and then a second later all hell breaks loose Mm -hmm. and you just see that bucket just taking shot after shot I'm just getting nailed like all that that battle star took more hits in that battle than it had in the entire three and a half four years before that Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, it was just amazing to watch. Like the, that is the kind of sci-fi thing that you you live for. The very in a space battle. The very first time I saw it, the thing that stood out the most to me when they first do that jump um, to to the colony mm. was okay. So the first gun that fires is kind of a standard cannon, right? Yeah. Then they go to this quad gun, and I don't, oh, yeah. I, I don't know what your response was to that, but I remember watching that like. That is freakishly just disturbing to watch. Like just, it's just like it's like bouncing around, shooting. It looks so violent the way it like, oh, yeah. like like the way it shoots and it's like is like gah, 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 and then it stops and then yes. it jumps again. <laughs> it's just like oh, and did you notice like when they when they finally when Cavill orders everything to sh- or when they when Anders shuts everything down, like the the tips of the gun barrels are glowing. Yes. which I'm like okay, it's space. That's a little unrealistic, but really cool. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But 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 I just remember that that it just it, it gave it it was such a you know again subtle mm. you know it, it was a very subtle effect oh yeah but it just kind of had you realizing how violent and, and this is one of my honorable mentions is is like I said the violent portrayal of the final battle where that's yeah. one aspect of it which is the j- just that that violent nature of the guns and just the pounding that Galactica takes mm-hmm. is just incredible um, well. And- and it goes back to kind of what Adama was saying, you know, just, you know, we're too close in for nukes. It's going to be just just guns, like two old ships on the line, mm-hmm. duking it out. Mm-hmm. And and that idea of like the anti-aircraft guns and the large and the, you know, heavy caliber guns and all that, like it, it goes back to it's a wonderful way that they managed to make. They didn't have phasers or photon tor- photon torpedoes or anything like that. It was a very realistic sci-fi, mm-hmm. and and took things that we would recognize. And you, we all know like anti-aircraft guns from different 
you know, war movies and stuff like that in the larger canon zone, battleships and stuff like that. We've all seen those kinds of movies at somewhere, sometime, or even if it's like historical footage on History Channel or what, oh wait, I'm sorry, History Channel doesn't have anything but aliens and reality shows. History Channel back in like 2002, <laughs> back when they actually used to have history on it. Oh and gosh. No, I'm just a little bit angry about that as a history lover. But anyways, uh, but it's all stuff that you recognize. Yeah. and. It adds that extra weight. That familiarity yeah. makes it more real and that much more like impactful and, and it kind of makes you aware of that violent aspect of it oh, yeah. more, I oh, think. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyways, that was uh, I just wanted to toss that in there mm-hmm. uh, before we get to now y- your moment. So my number three is Galactica's back-breaking Final oh. FTL jump, baby. Jump the ship! There must be some kind of way out of here. Said the Joker to the thief, and she plugged the song in, and off they went. And boy, when they... And, and let's think about this, because this isn't just... Like, we had already kind of seen a couple episodes ago... Jump! Um, when Boomer jumped with... Uh, you know, when she was kidnapping Hera. When she did her jump, she was so close to Galactica that... Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way Ty put it is the, the spatial distortion, you know, kind of ripped... Uh, a, a hole in in you know kind of the not the hull but it, it was the, yeah. the shielding of Galactica. Well, and they did that with the with the starboard hangar bay, right? With all the Raptors jun- jumping out of there when they landed at the colony. That was such oh. a, that was such a cool scene though when they did that though and the whole thing just blew open. <laughs> I yes. was like, yes, oh. Adama's rolling the hard six, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Several, as a matter of fact, <laughs> but um, but the fact that they were embedded in into the into the structure of the colony when they do the jump, and mm. you're thinking, oh, this is not this jump ain't gonna end well. <laughs> yes, and when they come out of the jump and just everything that happens to Galactica, the way the the whole ship just kind of does this like wave rock motion where it just like the front of it bounces up and the body, you know, the middle of it's going down and then the rear of it's going up and it just, and it's just doing this wave um, oh, yeah. sort of motion. And when, uh, when Adama asks his XO for the last time, sit rep, it's, uh, it's uh Ty who has the bad news that her back is broken. She, she ain't jumping again. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're stuck where they are. And, uh, uh, it was just such a cool scene. Um, j- just you know, again, the the way the writing team continually kept things real and kept things consistent with you know doing a jump like that, and the fact that they weren't going to come out of that jump unscathed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it wasn't like they were going to jump and the ship was just going to. You know, you know, that's kind of where Star Trek has been kind of interesting with warp speed. You know, it just I mean, there's certainly been shows built around accidents with warp speed and stuff like that but normally it's a pretty clean operation and this one where they're embedded in a superstructure of sorts and they do a jump has this really bad effect on the ship i mean that's it galactic is done at that point and and it continues when it's flying over the moon i i love that 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 oh that's a great visual of of where have you taken us cara yeah of not just flying over the moon and seeing our earth but seeing all of the shards of Galactica flying yes. off of the body as it's doing it. Yep. Like, she's done. She is done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I love how they they did that so well throughout the entire series. They, of making, of, right from the beginning of, of plotting jumps. Like, it wasn't yeah. just a, you know, whoop, three, engage. Like, you could do it in two seconds. It was like, no, we got to plot this out. We need to, it takes a little time 
you know, right in the mini series, and then and then even into thirty three, where you're you're plotting these jumps every thirty three minutes. There is this element of like it's work. It's not just you know pressing a button and you're gone. Yeah. This idea of uh, of when they when they bring back Pegasus of the idea of a blind jump. Mm-hmm. You know, just I, you know, you I ordered the jump to where to anywhere, anywhere but here. And then you see that again in Razor and right. this idea. Right. You, so by the time you get to the point of Galactica, you know, yelling to Starbuck, get us out of here. Mm-hmm. Where? You understand how dangerous that is. Like right. just plugging in coordinates and going like who knows where the hell you're going to end up. Right. Right. And I love how that setup adds to that gravity of it. Oh, of, yeah. And, and just the idea of like this is where you end up. It, th- it then furthers the story so much more. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It is fan freaking fantastic. Yeah. That, that, that was, that was such a great moment. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and just overall, of course, then of course, you know, it's the magic word. She has to say jump. jump! No one's listening to her at this point, <laughs> by the way, like all hell is breaking loose on the ship. Yep. And, and, and of course, you know, she yells jump and that's what actually jumps the ship. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced of that. I'm mm-hmm. convinced of that. Ask Ron Moore and he'll tell you, no, it really was. It's actually space magic. It's, it's an offshoot of the force and Star Wars takes place in the same <laughs> universes Battlestar Galactica thank you ladies and gentlemen I've now connect all of our geekery uh, Todd has left the building oh this old forester is good let me tell you I bet Are you, you supposed to, am I supposed to be seeing spots right now there's a pink elephant jumping around the room is that normal <laughs> it's like a damn monster movie anyways <laughs> and there it is thank you thank you thank you thank you ladies and gentlemen thank you my, my one impersonation that's They're all I got very nice very nice Oh my goodness! All right, so uh, my next uh, my next moment is, uh, uh, and this is, oh, it, it's kind of horrible, but at the same time, uh, there is a little bit of like satisfaction in the comeuppance, shall we say? Well, uh, this two uh, two two words can, can can I just throw in there? Uh, yes, Hulk smash. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. I really I really feel like on the. Just on the basis of this, I mean, I, I want to say, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? The dude who plays Hulk, or well, the the dude who plays Hulk now. We've already gone through oh, two other um, Hulks. Oh my gosh, uh, I know. Not Bruce Banner. Um, what the heck is his name? Oh, no, that's Mark, ulti- Mark Mark Ruffalo. Yes, uh, he's fantastic. I think he's fantastic. I actually thought Edward Norton was 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 very good as the Hulk. Eric Bana was was trapped in a horrible movie but anyways uh was it banna eric yes yes uh, yeah okay yeah. um so uh, as you can tell we're fact checking this thoroughly i'm totally trusting tim like yeah sure oh yeah, yeah. i am an he's encyclopedia of knowledge baby he's over there rolling his eyes and taking another sip of his beer hope nobody notices <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you know I-, I thought aaron douglas just based on this should have been considered for the hulk oh my it would have worked so well um but yeah so of course when they're gonna you know they finally make the deal with cavill that we're gonna give you a resurrection and of course they're all up in the balcony of the opera house which oh my gosh that was neither one of us really picked that i think because it was just so fantastic mm-hmm. that they paid that off in that way and that it worked. Yeah. It worked so effing well. Yeah. And yeah. and I, I didn't even want to really discuss it because I just, like my notes literally just said, the opera house. 
Yeah. I don't even know why I wrote that down. I know it happens, but I just felt the need to record it for posterity. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so of course, you know, they're gonna and, and I love Adama's like explanation of like, well, they put all their hands in and they all have a piece of the knowledge and I don't really know. And <laughs> uh, by the way, that part didn't happen in my sci fi version and I remember that one. So I was a little already ticked off about that. Sacrilege <laughs> I, I need to cut in the Mary McDonald bit on this. I'm coming for all of you. Uh, you do. Yeah, seriously, break it out. Break it out. This... That's ridiculous. I, Anyways, uh, okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm I, just getting... I distracted again. Go, Chief and Tori, go. Oh, I can't go now. I just I, I want to smash something now, but I'm not going to smash this you know bottle of lovely bourbon that Todd I have. Todd would like to become Chief Terrell and Throttle, yes. it, which is sci-fi. So, uh, so then, of course, they're all, and then it's you know the the whole setup, and you see this coming a mile away, but it still is just like I just love Tori oh. before they so so t- oh yeah right so so to set the scene, they're they're going to give resurrection to Cavill and Simon and Doral. They're all going to dip their hands into the Cylon hot tub. Dip their hands in the Cylon hot tub, transfer, boom, done. And just before they do it, Tori, and I'm just like, oh, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, and you can already see Tyrrell looking at her like, "What are you talking about? And why am I not going to like this?" <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. like, "No, we're going to see memories of each other, and we have to forgive what's happened in the past because it's in the past." Okay, okay, good. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And then Ty's like, "Let's get this over so I can go have a drink." And I, and I love Cavill. He's like, "You know, you're keeping two civilizations waiting." <laughs> oh, Dean Stockwell, dude, just so good. And you know what? The fact, the funny part is, so a few episodes ago, I did a, I, I did a toss out to the, uh, 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 to the Langoliers. Yes. Remember I did I, yes. I did a shout out yep. to that. Dean Stockwell was in that. Of course he was. Six I, I degrees of BSG, baby. I, I don't know why I didn't point that out a little bit uh, more, but oh um, yeah, uh, it it all comes back. It all comes back. And again, it was, it was such a fantastic element to this show. It just mm-hmm. it, it, Cavill, even though he oh. wasn't in all the episodes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was just another dude who you, who he would show up and you're like, oh, something gonna happen now. <laughs> they don't just bring they don't just bring Dean in for nothing. Yeah, yeah. He, we're gonna see the plot jump forward a little bit. So they they all put their hands in and then of course everyone sees everyone's memories and it's all okay until we start seeing stuff with a launch tube and Callie and then Chief starts getting that look on his face and Tori kind of has that. Oh boy, this is not going to be good. And well, let's just say Chief doesn't take it well that Tori killed his wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and throttles her, throttles, lifts her up off of the ground. Yes. <laughs> throttles her, and then you hear the snap. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then she's gone. And of course. This also means that resurrection is now gone because hey, that's a fifth of the of the uh, of the process or the equation, yeah. and that results in Cavill then uh, deciding, you know what, peace out, folks, I'm done <laughs> with that. Immortal- and I want to touch on that. Yeah, I want to touch on that later when we get to our characters because I know he's one of the the ones you list because I I, I want to ask you about that, but yeah. Um, I just want to oh. say I, I just want to repeat or, or reemphasize what, what you said though. Aaron Douglas was fantastic. Fantastic yes. playing this because he plays the right amount of amped up rage 
as yes. he starts to see what's going on. And then there's the scene where she where she essentially punches to, uh, Callie. Mm-hmm. And then he he's like, OK, now now he's like medium rage. And oh, then yeah. finally the eye starts twitching. Well, and, and it was beautiful which memories they pick out because she has Ugh. like when Tori hits the airlock button, there's such a look on her face of just like, you know, ta ta goodbye, you know, like just mm. arrogance almost. And he just and then the the eyes, the eyes. Oh, Aaron Douglas. Oh, yeah. He go, that's that's full on Hulk smash at that point, baby. And he grips yeah. her and it's over. It's over. Bef- yeah. As Gorilla Monsoon would say, it's over before it started. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It was and and the thing is though I I it's it's one of those and and this moment isn't just because you know uh, Cylon on Cylon violence it's yeah. it's not that it's the fact that again like all of the stuff that happens here happens because of people who feel they've been wronged it's 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 right. passionate right. wrongs that really dictate this and love because really. When I came down to it, when I came back to it, it's like this is, you know, a love story. There's several love stories that are that really tell the tale of this show. And this idea of like, you know, Chief and, you know, uh, of Galen and Tori were together, mm-hmm. you know, way, way back in history. But then it was Chief and Boomer and then Chief and Callie and, and all of this stuff. And is it's these it's these passions that come out. Right. And, right. and that really kind of shape how things go forward and the fact is like this this thing that that tori did is what determines what happens to an entire civilization right her mistake yep you know yep. her you know it, you know the Ch- changes of, the balance of, of everything changes the balance yeah. of everything yeah and the, and then even even in the follow-up in the in kind of the the uh, the paradise found element of of ty even telling chief you know if if that had happened with Ellen, I would have done the same thing. Which makes you know, it kind of all the more you know. infuriating I didn't get to see that scene. That part wasn't in there either? Oh, I told you that already. Yeah. Well, no. No, this is like in the... This isn't the cut scene. That, that's in the at the very end, like when they're on Earth. Yes. That's the scene where I started to realize things were missing. <sighs> that's right. Oh. Sacrilege! I'm... <laughs> I'm telling you right now, <laughs> sci-fi. I'm coming for you. I didn't. Even, it didn't even affect me. I'm just mad that it affected you and 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 oh. thousands of other people who are now gonna feel like they got it. They got it. They got like a half-ass version of Battlestar Galactica. And damn it, sir, that is not okay. No, it is not. As we've all learned from Ron Swanson, never half-ass two things, whole-ass <laughs> one thing. <laughs> I love it. You had one oh, job, sci-fi. Good Lord. You had one job. Oh, <sighs> Anyways, I, I feel like I'm going I'm going like Tyrrell Hulk right now. Yeah, you're, anyways, you're, you're doing a good job there, man. But in the in the that moment afterwards where he's he's like crouched down or kind of sitting down next to the Cylon hot tub and and that people are walking by him, there is a scene in there, and um, that's a scene where it jumps back to like pre- miniseries mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. where callie walks in on boomer and and chief having a little liaison in the parts locker because again that is the most romantic place on a battle star you know indeed <laughs> I mean, 
grease and oil and you know munitions it's i mean how can anyone just not let their passions flare in a moment like that of course uh, so so she walks in on that and boomer of course you know they both kind of zip up and 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 go their separate ways and and chief is in there and callie starts reading them the riot act and mm-hmm. and 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 and, uh, and is and is mad at him, and is telling him be careful. Yeah. And and yeah. he's like you know okay you know thanks kind of playing it off a little bit and you kind of and you kind of see that she really cares for him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 she says, remember there's people you can count uh, people you can count on and people you can't. Mm-hmm. It's good to know the difference. Yeah. And I was like, that is so great that they, in the extended kind of version of this, they, they did give Callie that little moment. Yeah. And kind of, and it really, you know, especially after Chief kind of has that moment with, with Adama railing against Callie and all that, to then understand at the end, like, uh, I I messed it up. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see it until right now. Well, and, 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 it oh. ma- and it made his final ending on Earth more understandable where where he yes. just wants to go isolate himself you know like he he's he's been around the horn so to speak mm. he's been burned you know I, I mean Callie didn't burn him you know what I mean but but he, he's been burned and yeah it, it just makes sense for his character given everything that he's gone through to to want to just isolate you know and, oh, and, yeah. and to just kind of be on his own and just think you know just kind of have him have his life kind of be this isolated life because he's tried and for, for his character, it is, it is blown up every single time for him, you know? So, yep. so yeah. So no, that, that, that was a very, very key, very key moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so wait a minute, who are we on now? I think I'm on number four. So mine is uh Husk. I, okay, I, I termed yeah. it this way, but Husker's final flight around oh. Galactica before settling on earth. Oh, Oh my! Oh. Just just seeing Edward James almost go in the flight suit, in the flight yeah. suit, on the deck, in the launch tube, climb into his his Viper, seeing the Husker name tag there, and then he he I love how they filmed it. He launches out like you get this like sense of what it must be like, you know, to launch mm. out, and he kind of curves around. Well, did you? And then there's a as he's launching out, they then do that wipe into the scene where he's on the lie detector. Please tell me they didn't cut that. They didn't cut that, thankfully. Thank God. Okay, but I love how they transition there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they go back to him, basically. And and the fact that he says, "I'd rather spend the rest of my career on a broken ship, yep. on an old broken ship." Yep. Then then some question, you know, my honesty and all that. And then it cuts back, and you see that he. That broken old ship is the reason why he's still alive. Right. You know? And, oh. and, and just that whole flight around the ship and then the fact they went back yes. to the original theme from the the original Battlestar oh. show was just... As they all go into the sun. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, it's just so amazing. Well, they, they tease it in that in that flight, but then when they when they finally send yes, all of right. the ships, they, they do the full-on thing. But yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of a tease there. Yeah. And then they go full on for your heartstrings, right? Yeah. When Anders is going, you know, sets the controls for the center of the sun. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you just see how 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 battered it is, and and yes. you know, I, I love how he's flying across the right side. You see where, like you were talking about earlier, where where the Raptors jumped and blew out, um, you know, a hole in, on that side of the launch uh, launch deck. Just just amazing, it, it, you know. It was, it was such a cool scene, um, and and just it, you know and. 
you don't want to get emotional about a ship or anything like that, but it was just it was just kind of interesting, you know, everything in the in this part three had such weight to it because it it, mm-hmm. it paid off or it referenced four years of history, you know, and four yeah. four years of building up to that moment. And this in a lot of ways was the arc. You know, this this was the arc that took them to um you know this this new life for for them, and so it was just a very well, kind of you poetic know, way for them to kind of close it on on the ship at least. Did you know that the original title for Battlestar Galactica was Adam's Ark? Really, it was. That was a uh, that was Glenn Larson's original title for the show. Dun 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 dun. You're welcome. Thank you. But yeah, that was fantastic, and and just oh, man. Yeah, and, and that's the reason why I, I really I, that's the reason why I included Galactica as a character in in our last episode because it, the the ship has always been a character. It really has. It's it's been a part of the show, but it really kind of came into its own as it's aging and it's breaking down. And and even in the in the scene with with Baltar and Lee, where he talks about you know as as we're and he's talking about if you're the idea of the fleet going forward when when Galactica isn't there what's it going to be like when we don't take comfort from her bulk right just gliding by the window and you kind of you really understand how much of a how much people rely on that ship's presence of looking out looking out a window or something and seeing it there and just that that sense of security mm-hmm. and this idea of, of of like you're saying giving it that last moment it's again it's it's the idea of tying up all those loose ends and giving everyone closure. And that really does help to give Galactica closure along with that final shot with the Battlestar Galactica classic theme, which... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. Goosebumps, uh, baby. Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, I mean, uh, and then a minor, minor... Well, you know what? No, Les, I'm, I'm going to save that. So where are we now? We're on... Um, I'm on five. And so this... Uh, I, you know what? Actually, I kind of, I'm not sure. Well, actually, this kind of, mine does go before yours. Okay. So mine is Adama and Rosalind and the cabin, which I'm, I'm not even sure I can get through to even just talking about this. So I'm going to take my best, best shot at it. But when Adama and Rosalind are just sitting there, you know, looking at all the like antelopes or whatever the heck it is off in the distance, you know. The 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 soon to be lion food, uh, and there and and she you know you want to get a closer look, and the you know taking her to the raptor and then taking off and they're flying over and there's all this wildlife and all this stuff, and Adama's you know he's enjoying the moment yeah he is enjoying the moment even though I th- I and I think he's kind of trying to not think about how bad she is right at that moment yeah yep. and. He says, just looking for a quiet place for that cabin. Yeah. And then he notices she's gone. Yeah. She's gone. Mm -hmm. And that he takes off his wedding ring. I know. Puts it on her hand and is kissing her hand. Oh, my good, sweet Lord. Yep. Again. Dusty. Dusty in the room. (laughs) The fact that Edward James almost wasn't just given the Emmy at that moment is a travesty that that we it should be corrected immediately. He should be given a it should be backdated. However you want to put it, they got it. They got to give them. I mean, oh my gosh, 
just the depth that that conveys. And then turning his face back and he's like, right there, I'm going to build it right there as he comes up over this hill. Oh my gosh, it is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and really, even though you... It kind of I could see people saying, "Well, it's a little over the." No, I think it's understated for where for where a lot of other shows, directors, producers, whoever would have played it. I think it right. is incredibly understated, and it fits in so well with the show. And it's just such a such a beautiful send off for Rosalind. That's not even talking about the moment then at the very end when he's sitting there right. and he's talking to her. Right. Oh my gosh, it's. Fracking wonderful, man. Oh, it's. I mean, it's it, it's another earned moment. I mean, it, it's yes. it's an earned moment where the the weight. I, you know, I, I think the way that Edward James almost plays it, the weight of their journey together, and mm-hmm. e, you know, even though for the first three years they weren't romantic in any way, but the fact oh, that there was definitely an undercurrent, though. I, there, I would say after 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 like season one, there was a bit of an undercurrent. Yeah, but 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 yeah, the fact that, that that they just went on this journey together, you know, and and then finally mm-hmm. in the last season, um, you know, as she's going through her cancer, you know, for the final time, that they finally get together and and you know, kind of make it official in a way, um, mm-hmm. you know, just just the way he communicates the weight of that, you know, like t- like you said, taking the ring off the finger and putting it on hers, like like in that one act finally kind of communicating what he really felt for her you know that yeah that, that he felt like she was his partner through all of this you know yeah. was was just such a poetic and and just amazing moment and and yeah it just it carried a lot of emotional weight because here she was you know thinking and, and this is what i was alluding to earlier about this leap of faith and and coming to you know the the goal without really coming to the goal the way you thought you were going to, you know, like she, there she is the dying leader having brought them to, you know, earth, just not the way they thought, you know? And, um, you know, it was just such a, a, just again, a a very poetic and earned moment, you know, paid off through four years of just amazing storytelling, uh, and just so unbelievably acted by the two of them. Oh my gosh. The, the, yeah, they both should have gotten Emmys, whatever TV awards there are. They were they were such the heart and soul of this show. And oh yeah, and from every and from every report that I've heard as far as or, and read about people who worked on that show were just you know so especially uh, Edward almost he was he was just so like passionate about the show, which is awesome. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, and and it really does make you realize. Like, also the other thing I I loved is you just you understand how the journey has aged Adama mm-hmm. and how much he's gone through and how he wears it, you know. And and I think yep. they really they might have played it up a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's also a matter of just never really hiding that. They never really tried to make him look fantastic. Yep. Yeah. And it worked so well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Anyways, Amazing. I could talk about again that moment for 
I could talk about, oh, the Flamingo extras were fantastic. <laughs> that footage was, I could go on for 10 minutes about that. So let's get on to your next moment here. So mine is another, uh, what I would qualify, and I think you would agree, is another earned moment, is um, mm. basically Baltar and, and Six's ending on Earth. Um, not so much <sighs> when they talk to their head versions of themselves, but after that. Although that is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's that's a nice touch, but more what, what struck me in and, and you know, again, it's one of those funny things with me where certain things get burned into my memory. But the very first time I watched the finale, I just remember getting a lump in my throat watching. I mean, James Callis through these three mm. parts is just amazing. You know, you you had talked yeah. about his interaction with 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 Lee and and, you know, his character going through that process of, of making a selfless choice for once, you know, where he's not doing something in his own interest. But. You know, and it kind of goes back to, to his flashback uh, all the way back in part one where he clearly has this very he, – he's very vindictive toward his past. And mm-hmm. and he, he goes to his father and he's very rough on his father. Um, very rough, which, which I, I have to say for a moment though, I'm glad to see the Baltar family has that comedic timing in there because that whole interchange between Baltar and his dad and the way his dad kind of looks at him as he's like giving, reading in the riot act is just hysterical. Mm-hmm. The way he's just kind of oh, yeah. like, you know, w- shaking his cane at him. <laughs> it's just, I, I could shake harder, boy. <laughs> exactly. Shake harder, boy. Uh, was, it was, I had to, I had to beat you to the punch there. Oh my gosh. It was so, so funny. And just the face his father makes where he's like, who are you talking to boy? Um, yeah. Oh, but, in that moment where he said, you know, he says to her, past those hills is, you know, land that's that, you know, is good for cultivation. And, mm. you know, she's kind of like, well, what are you talking about? And he's mean, you know, he, he says, well, you know, I, I do know how to farm. And and he just starts to break down and cry. And yes. I've thought about that moment a lot. And, and a few things come to mind. One of them is his character coming to terms and kind of accepting who he really is and what he was, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also, the very first time I saw it, I just felt like it was the weight of the journey playing out in, in his grief. You know, like just here I am, this person who made choices that led to the colonies being annihilated. Mm-hmm. I'm this person that led to New Caprica becoming, you know, something that, that went horribly wrong. I'm this person who, you know, so on and so forth, where he just he just kept making, you know, mistakes. And, yeah. and, and just... The way James Callis plays that, I, I just watched that and said, that's four years playing out in two seconds or three seconds of grief. You know, like mm-hmm. like Baltar just kind of accepting who he is at that moment. It was yeah. it was such a powerful scene. It was just such a powerful scene for that character who, for you know, for all intents and purposes, was in the beginning a villain. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he really was. Yeah. He was the reason they were set out on that course. And... Mm-hmm. And the shenanigans and everything that he did throughout those four years that played out for his benefit or for his ends and for him to kind of make that statement about, you know, I do know something about farming and to just kind of lose it in his grief. Um, you know, but also in the flashback, if you remember Six saying to him um, or no, no, I'm sorry, when when they're uh, invading the colony, Six saying to him, I always wanted to be proud of you. Yes, and, I was just going to bring that and up, I, oh and, I, and I finally am. And like, like that was the last piece to kind of complete the love puzzle for her, for him. You know, like for yeah. her to love him, she just wanted to be proud of him. 
Well, um, and it wasn't it wasn't even that I don't even think it was that she she needed that to love him. I think she loved him. I really do. I think that was just the one piece of it. Like she yeah. loved him and it was a bit of almost like oh, if you would just do this then it right. then then we could actually be kind of complete as a as a couple. Yeah. But yeah. you there's this one thing that I just uh, I know. Even though I love you, I just and oh my gosh, and the thing that got me about that is he just he breaks down and that she just comforts him. Yes. Yeah. That was beautiful. Oh yeah. That was absolutely beautiful. Yep. Just the way she does that because you've again, it's they earned that. Like those these characters have been from the very beginning to now. And and mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a great scene. And, and, Absolutely and, fantastic. And and that's the word that keeps coming back to me is is the word wait. Whenever I and I've watched that scene a bunch of times, and you know even today when when I when I was watching part three and I saw it again, it's it's just there's this. Callus does something when he when he shows that grief that just, you know, it, it, in some way visualizes the weight his character is kind of carrying on his shoulders. Yeah, you know, and and it's such a such a great scene and. Um, you know, and, and, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, as much as, as he is a villain character for part of the series, there, there's redemption in, in a lot of what he does. And, and we talked about his travels from being, you know, a scientist to a politician, to a religious leader and how he kind of travels, he kind of, yeah, circumnavigates these three things to finally come back to what he once was, which was a farmer, um, was just such a, again, you know, all these characters just got these very, very poetic endings that were earned because of the storytelling that happened in this series. Yeah. Yeah. So very, yep. very and cool. The thing, and the thing that he tried to to leave behind, you know, he changed his accent. Yes. Yeah. And, and changed and tried to get away from that as far as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's what he ends up going back to. Oh, it's beautiful. And, and, and you can see it. Like, even though Six is a Cylon in the flashback, she says at one moment to him, she's like, Gaius, this is your father. Like, like she even mm-hmm. knows, like, why are you treating him so poorly? You know, or, or, yeah. or talking to him so poorly. And, and there she goes, she gets, you know, his father set up in a nice home where, you know, he's able to far, you know, do some of the, the, the growing that he used to do. You know, she's trying to give him, you know, here she is the Cylon who's carrying out this heinous mission. And yet she has the, the wherewithal to treat Gaius's father better than Gaius's. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And again, it comes back. It kind of comes down to uh, what we talked about last time where, you know, the machine is the one that's changed. Yeah. Gaius isn't the one that's changed. Yeah. Caprica is the one that's changed. Mm -hmm. It's remarkable. Yeah. So that that, that was that was my big episode or my big episode. My big moment from these from these three parts was was that 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 was such a great payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, so we each have a couple of uh, honor honorable mentions, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll dive into one of these, which is let's go around the horn, which I thought, oh, again, <laughs> it was another greatest hits. It was it was like they're digging it out, like oh, we're totally gonna do this one, and it just going around to all of the different departments and different you know stations and all that, and of course then they get down to sick bay, and Rosalind's the one to to give the to give the go signal and. And just the idea of, of, especially even before they get to that, like, you know, Adama is is going to stand at his usual spot, and he has to move all of the cables and stuff, and yes. you hear like, like they're slimy, 
and he kind of and you see his disgust as he's moving them to the side to the side <laughs> and i love ty's moment of there where he's like still not too late to flush them all out the airlock <laughs> <laughs> and then adama coming back with it take too much time and of course then we get the which was That's right. so fantastic. It's one of those, like, you know what? We're probably not coming back for this, so I'm just going to give you one more jab, just for old time's sake. Oh, it was great. So, my friends, guess what else was cut out of the sci-fi version? They cut that out? So, I got the part where he moved the tubes to the side and the, the interchange between him and Ty, but everything else about the around the horn, nope. 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 So... <sighs> the good that will come out of this is I will get the box set for goodness sakes. I I, I will I, do it. I I Maybe this I, is why I, you I, and I had such different lists is because I missed three quarters of what you picked. <laughs> I'm so unbelievably just I, I'm perplexed. I I, My gosh. I don't and they call themselves <sighs> sci-fi. Bye. <laughs> They're going to make me drink this extra tonight. <laughs> um, oh my so what gosh. was only one of your honorable mentions? Uh, so we already talked a bit about, I, I mean, the only other thing I'll say about the violent portrayal of the final battle, I, I, I really thought it was interesting, the, um, the red-striped uh, Cylons fighting the Centurion Cylons, uh, the, the old-school yeah. Centurion Cylons, and just, there's like this one moment where one of the newer models has the, uh, like, one of the older models by the throat just, like, pops him in the head and throws him to the mm -hmm. side. I'm like, man, that's nasty. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, they, they ain't messing around. <laughs> no. Um, it, it, it was very cool, though, to see in the finale, uh, in part two, to see the colonials and the red stripe centurions marching together you know what i mean mm. like like to see them working in tandem working as a team um but yeah just 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 kind of the violent nature of it um even when they got back to the cic kind of in the in in that uh, opera room or opera house sort of moment you see like you know simon getting you know killed by a like adama just like kicks him down with it's like oh, just yeah. i mean he ain't messing around it's like huskers in full you know full, full engaged fully give me engaged a flashlight <laughs> give me a flashlight oh, i'll take this one out my gosh so uh yeah just the violent nature and then of course the it was really hard to come up with five but i i gotta say the other dusty room lump in the throat mm. moment was william adama's goodbye to apollo and starbuck uh, apollo gosh. knowing this is the last time he's going to see his dad and and what i loved about how the scene played out is it's not lee saying anything to his father with any guilt it's it's just him genuinely happy for his father and just mm -hmm. giving him giving his father the it's okay dad go you know don't worry about me yeah you know just Almost, I mean, it was great the way, um, I'm forgetting the actor's name, but but the way he played it, uh, Lee Adama. Um, Jamie Bamber. Jamie Bamber, where he he almost seemed like a kid. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he, he just and he, seemed... And he ties it back to, like, you know, his earliest memory of his dad. Yes, yeah. After he flies away. Oh, God, and that, that was, and then, that hurt. That hurt, I'll admit it. And, that hurt. Oh, it hurt. And then you got Starbuck. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> What do you hear, Starbuck? Oh, oh, oh. oh, they brought that back. I was like, oh, you sons of mo Oh, come <laughs> on. 
Oh, I, I wasn't planning to be weeping at 2.30 at p.m. this afternoon, but okay, fine. I guess here we are. Here, here we are. It, it, just, it hits you where it hurts. Um, but yeah, his, his goodbye to basically his son and his daughter uh, yes. was, was just just very, very well done. And, and just that yeah. that goodbye to Rosalind as they take off, um, just the whole thing. I, again, I'm, I'm like sitting there like this. How can you not look at this as such a great ending? You know, I, it just for everyone, for all these yeah. characters, it's just so poetic, pays off on things that were built on from the very beginning. It's just fantastic. So that those were my two special honorable mentions. Well, and then, of course, that's set up really. I mean, not in a kind of an indirect way, but of course, earlier when Adama's going back to Sam to try and get answers and, and ends up getting the, the location of the colony. Right. Right. And and ask asks Kara, you know, is it true? Uh, talking about Baltar, like, kind of outing her, like, hey, look at that. Mm-hmm. You know, Kara Thrace died, and we don't know what the hell she is now. And and she's like, yeah, it's true. I don't know what I am. And then he's like, you know, how, you know, how do you how do you turn it on? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you plug? <laughs> we need to plug Anders in, because I got some information. And then as she's doing that, you know, and he says, I know what you are. You're my daughter. Yep. Don't forget it. And it's another one of those incident moments of, like, these characters have been through so much, so many ups and downs, yep. and and that moment is just, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, just that. You know, let me say it one more time, just to make sure you understand. Right. Right. You know. Right. Oh, it's gorgeous. Fantastic. Um, so uh, uh, one of mine, uh, uh, another one of mine. I'll I'll throw this out. Was when you pointed out. <laughs> Guys is kind of uh, the 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 tie up of Guys' story. I love when they're they're talking to the the head Gaius head six moments in this are fan freaking tastic. Yes, because the first one, of course, is when uh, when when uh, Gaius. Of course, he's got his full marine kit on and he's got his goggles. Of course, which no one ever uses because I mean it just looks cool on the helmet. And so he's there and and six taps him on the shoulder and he almost like loses it i'm he probably peed himself honestly <laughs> and and is like i don't think you should be here and she's like i've probably been in more battles than you have and then just like cocks and locks her weapon like <laughs> like she's like knows what he, she's doing and balter's like fair enough <laughs> fair enough that's awesome and then and then eventually they end up having this conversation like you had, and that you had pointed out, you know, this whole like she just wanted to be proud of him. And that's what was missing. And right, they kiss. Right. And then all of a sudden there's there's this moment of like head Baltar and head six show up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they both see them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and like you see them, too. And I, I hadn't quite caught before that they see each of them sees both of them. Yep. I had thought like Baltar saw uh, head Baltar. Or head six and and six saw head Baltar, but then I'm like, no, right. okay, well, oh my gosh! But then, of course, their moment on Earth, where you know they're they're sort of like, well, this is it, and this is all this, is it. and and God's plan is never complete, and Baltar just being like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's that is, yep, all oh, right, we got. Oh man, that's Baltar right there. Like, mm-hmm. oh great, so n- more crap. Okay, yep. more stuff. Oh yeah, fine. You know, I thought that was fantastic. So let's move on to our top three characters. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is really tough because honestly, I could have made a uh, I could have made an argument for a lot of different things here, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I I won't. So we'll stick to our three. I could have gone 
I probably could have gone 10 deep, honestly. I would have had an entire section on Caudill. Ishe might have made it if we went to, like, 12. Uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Because, uh, you know, uh, uh. Mrs. B- Mrs. Bamber ought to get her, her cut in this as well. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, of course, y- y- did I mention that in one of the previous episodes that Ishe is actually Jamie Bamber's wife? No, I did not know that. Ooh, there you go. Well, look at that. And I don't the feel gypped. The you know. Da-da-da-da. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Close enough. So who are your, who are your uh, top three characters, sir? Uh, or do you want me to go first? We, do no, we no, want to go back and forth on these? That's right. Uh, I'll just run through mine while you run through yours. Okay. Um, I, right. I mean, I've, I've said a lot about all three of these, so I, I'm not going to go too deep. But uh, Oh, who are you kidding? Number one, Gaius Baltar, for obvious reasons. You, you've touched on... The, the the you know confronting his selfishness you know just just how his story plays out and how it is concluded is very very satisfactory i love that they bring back his the alienation of his past and how that plays a role in you know just again the 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 weight of what he carries when he's finally you know kind of done doing you know the work of god so to speak and um and and just you know i'm I, i'm always a sucker for redemption stories um you know, I've, I've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, Walking Dead in the past, and, and even that show is working on kind of a Negan redemption story for, for that villain. Um, because I think at the end of the day, you know, people, you know, for, for what Baltar, you know, was in this series, uh, you know, it, everyone's flawed and everyone makes mm-hmm. decisions and, and choices based on, um, you know, their environment, their situations, and, and sometimes they're misguided. And, um, you know, Baltar, you know, to, to have his character make it to the end wasn't to me a cheap finish. I think it was even someone like him, someone who led to the annihilation of his civilization, still has room for redemption. Um, and, and I thought it was just a, a very interesting way to play his character. I, I have William Adama as number two for obvious mm. reasons, just the, the old man, the old man, the. The leadership, the uh, the speech, the the flyby of Galactica, the uh, uh, <laughs> like, like we said, he, they they uh, brought out a little bit of the violent side during the battle. Yep, with uh, with that Simon scene, that was nasty. And, uh, and and then of course, and and then of course the humor when they're down on Earth and they're like they're spying on. Oh yes, on the, yes, the, the primitives, the primitive man, uh, humans who are walking by and and. And uh, Cottle mentions, oh, their DNA is compatible, you know, and, and Baltar is like, so we can breed with them. He's like, you got a one-track mind, Doc. <laughs> and, and Baltar gets all indignant. He's like, and no sense of humor. And no I'm like, sense oh. of humor. That's I right. love how, and I love how Ty and Cottle kind of get their little chuckles in there. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He is kind of a, he is kind of like puckered way too tight for, for living, isn't he? Yeah. Well, and, and, and one aspect that we haven't talked about, which I liked with his flashback where, you know, he was looking at doing an office job as opposed to, you know, yeah. leading a, a starship was when, when he gets really drunk with Ty and he, you know, he's out on the, in the alley, just kind of throwing up on himself, but he looks up at the sky yeah, and he just kind of smiles and, and it's like, you know what he's in love with. You know what I mean? Like, yes. like you understand like where his heart truly is. And so even as when a mess of a man on the on on the planet, he's looking up at the sky and that's where he belongs, you know. And yeah. And that's where he kind of goes. He ventures uh, not to kind of, well, you know, not to pimp our own shows here. That's where he goes from uh, an Adama Picard comparison to Adama Kirk. Yeah. 
Like yeah. we're talking like Star Trek to Wrath of Khan, you know, get your command back before you really are too old. Right. You right. know, you belong as a, you are a starship captain. That's who you are. Yep. You know, and Adama kind of in a, in a moment like that love of of space, that love of the duty and the love of all mm-hmm. that stuff. And even in that moment when he, when he's talking back and forth with Ty, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he seems like he's okay, but then they have that one moment of, you know, tell me that you would do it. Tell me you'd give all that up. Yeah. And Ty can't. Yep. And then he's like, you fracking liar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Again, another spinoff. I'll, I will I will take Coddle MD and drunk Adama and Ty. Yes. That's all I want. Yes. I just want drunk scenes of Adama and Ty. Just call it tie me up, tie me down. <laughs> oh. Just like the episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm game. I am game for that. <laughs> that would be uh, fantastic. So William Adama is my number two, and then my number three was uh, Starbuck. Um, mm. Her her role in you know jumping them and uh, you know jumping them to essentially what would be our Earth. Her you know just coming to terms. You know we talked about this in the last show about her coming to terms with who she is as as this you know not being. Kara Thrace, the the corporal form, but something else. But but accepting mm-hmm. that and you know trying to trying to live out her destiny on 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 the ship as far as what they were about to do, and then finally you know especially her conversation with Lee at the end where she's finally at peace, you know that that she's you know her yeah. her, her purpose has been fulfilled, and I I love that scene when like both Lee and her see Adama carrying Rosalind to the Raptor, mm-hmm. and they walk out of the tent they're in. And she, and I don't know if you caught this, but she, she looks up at the sky, like almost as if yeah. to, you know, in, in some way look up and be like, is now the time? <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. she knows she's about to leave them all. Yeah. Uh, and, and she just has this beautiful scene with Lee at the end where she's, you know, I love it too, because Lee kind of goes toward her. Like at one point, Lee kind of walks in her direction, like almost to kiss her. And mm. she kind of pulls away. As if yes. to be like, like, like she knows that. I, I don't mean to say that it's not proper, but you know that she's about to depart, and and this yeah. this isn't what this relationship is meant to be at this point. Yeah, she changes the subject real quick. Yeah, and then as he's talking about how he wants to explore the world, that's when she finally disappears. But he remembers back to what her biggest fear was, which is to be forgotten, and mm. and you know it's almost like because they couldn't fulfill the relationship that they, that, you know, Lee and her tried, but couldn't do, um, you know, that he's all, you know, she's always going to have that place in, in his heart, you know, that he's never going to forget about her and stuff. So that, I thought that yeah. was a really cool way to kind of end her arc in, in, in the series and in the story. I mean, I know some, some folks probably, you know, again, we get into the controversial part of the ending and what some people didn't really care for and, and, the spirituality of it all. But I think the fact that they brought her back as this angel, you know, to, mm. to kind of be this guide, this guidepost for all of them to finally bring them to where they really needed to be was, was just, just very, very, just a very cool ending for her character. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my character, my top three characters uh, will kind of, I'll, I'll bounce around a little bit from what I, I normally do. Uh, let's go with Cavill first. And and Cavill, of course, because really he is the person who, even though he we don't see him for a little bit in the show, uh, he is the person who sets this whole thing off. He is the person. Mm-hmm. He is the Cylon who kind of betrays the original five, and will you know 
and really sets them back and wants to see people suffer. He wants to see them suffer. And then, of course, he gets to the point where he just wants to survive. At the very end, he just wants survival. He just wants to carry on. And, and it really kind of shows that, you know, the nihilistic sort of view of life that he has because he has this entire rant about, I want to see x-rays and I want to this and that and the other. And all of those things, when at the very end, they're like, hey, we'll give you resurrection. Sold. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I just want to save my own ass, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which in a way actually ties into there's an extra scene in kind of the middle of the show where uh, basically when they're going to go after Hera, Tori is being very selfish. She's like, well, what good are kids do to me? Like, I want to survive. I want to carry on. Mm-hmm. I want to keep going. Like, I want to keep waking up in a different body if something happens to me. Who cares if it's the next generation? I'd be dead. Yeah. You know, right. what What good is that? Mm-hmm. And and really, Cavill is the same sort of way. Like, at the end, it really reveals, like, he just wants to keep going. He just does not want to die. Yeah. And really, then, at the very end, like, he's the person who kicks this all off, kind of off screen, which, you know. I don't know. Maybe should we do an episode on the plan? Uh, I think we need to. Yeah, I think we do. I think we we're need not to. Ready, we're not ready to say goodbye. We are not ready that, to say goodbye. No, no. We're going to start critiquing Battlestar Galactica fan fiction after that because we are just desperate. Apparently. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna. It's going to be sad. It's going to be really sad. Really. Uh, but so he's really the one who kicks us off. But then he's kind of the one where it all ties up at the end. Yeah. And yeah. that idea that like when everything goes south. He's not even willing to fight anymore. He's just like, I'm done. Peace out. <laughs> Cavill, out. Yep. Boom. Yep. Mic drop, which, well, it's not a mic drop. It's something else entirely. Uh, yeah. And, and Dean Stockwell has left the building, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. But I thought his character was just fantastic. He, they got a lot of mileage out of him for the limited screen time he had. Uh, the next one is Gaius Baltar who like you had pointed out he is the he is the reason mm-hmm. for the for the you know he is the gateway into the the defense mainframe he is he is not if not an an active participant he is an inactive kind of uh, uh, way in for the Cylons to then commit genocide yeah. on the human race. Yeah. Then everything goes south on, uh, well, I mean, you could even point out the, the Cylon detector and his failure in that and, and the way that he's subverted by by his own ego and uh, then New Caprica and everything else. Right. And then at the very end, at the very beginning of this whole episode, it's humanity's final chapter is about to be written and you will be its author. And it's like, seriously, this chucklehead? Yeah. He's the reason we're here in the frackin' first place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but at the end of the day, it really is like it's it's the Baltar BS that saves everybody's ass because then when everybody's trying to deal with Cavill, he's the one who can finally get to him. Yeah, yeah. Because he can kind of talk on that same slimy, smarmy sort of level that Cavill works with, and yeah. all of a sudden Cavill's like, "Oh, you're speaking my language." <laughs> <laughs> And and he's and I mean, uh, ultimately Ty is the one who seals the deal, but Baltar is the one who keeps him talking long enough. And as as we've heard from uh, uh, what was it? Uh, what was his name? James Carville, I believe, who is a political yep. analyst. Mm-hmm. Politics is the skill of saying "nice doggy" long enough to for you to grab a rock. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so. 
Baltar did his job there, yeah. and and he is so in- integral to everything that happens along the way, and mm-hmm. plays so many parts. And then, of course, is there at the very end of the idea of cultivation, which keep in mind, like how good was early human at cultivating? Mm-hmm. Did Baltar actually? help them get better at cultivating crops like did he play an integral part in human development like there is that element as well and and the 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 trajectory of his uh you know of his story is amazing like the guy who completely gives away the human race but then he's also the one who saves the day Mm -hmm. with his bs which is i i just love that yeah i just love the fact that that's like the saver of the human race yeah is the guy who's already sold them out and screwed them over and he's the one who comes to the rescue at the end it's like it's it is perfect for the human race really it is it is it is we are we are a, a foolish lot we are mm-hmm. but that is probably uh actually in one of my favorite books by my favorite author talks about you know uh, you know our 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 foolishness, or actually, it's, uh, our BS, is one of the only things that makes us interesting to the gods. Which I, <laughs> I was always like, yeah, yeah, there, it, there might be some truth in that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, then the, then the, uh, the last character, of course, y- if you didn't see this one coming, then you haven't listened to the podcast very much. Uh, would be uh, Captain Carothrace, uh Starbuck, and I. Th- here's one that I'm going to throw out because we both picked this one. Uh, I know you didn't see this because apparently sci-fi just decided to butcher this anyways, but this was in the extra section. And um, so before they're going to jump into the colony and they suggest networking Sam in at the CIC, in the in the extended cut, Adama refuses. Oh, he does interesting. Not, he, he will not network the ship. Up until, I mean, he's at the point now where they're jumping into certain death and he will not, he will not let this aggression stand man he is not going to do it and starbuck goes off on him really it is it is a tour de force performance by katie sackoff it is all of that and she calls him out mm-hmm. and is like you know we've all you know we've bled for you we've done this you asked all those people to cross the line and you won't cross the line Wow. It's your turn to cross the line. Wow. And 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 Tyrrell is in that scene. And so at that point he then says, I'll come back later <laughs> <laughs> to let the pressure off. And that's and that's the moment when Adama says, Do it. After after Kara t- like just reads him the riot act mm-hmm. and and that's after that moment of like when he says, you know, you're my daughter. And and it's that moment of that recognition of there are certain people who can talk to Adama a certain way and he will hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And it is it's kind of a beautiful thing. It's a great performance by Katie Sackoff because she does it in such like a passionate way, but also in a loving way. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was fantastic. And then just the idea of like. Uh, of course, of you know, the, her and Lee drinking in the flashback. I'm not scared of dying. I'm scared of being forgotten. And then uh, her goodbye to Sam. I mean, oh, oh yeah, that was that was rough. Good. That was rough. I, and 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 I mean, just the again, the silence. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff they could have they could have said there. Yeah. And they didn't. And it just was silent. The dog tags, and then that final "I love you." And then, oh my fracking lord. I'm about to lose it now, but then Anders, you know, I'll see you on the other side, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which then ties into a little bitty fan theory that I've got. Okay. So Sam 
pilots all of the fleet into the sun. Mm -hmm. What does the sun give us? Light and heat. Light. Mm -hmm. Kara is an angel of light. And she then at the end says, uh, crud, I've completed my journey and it feels good. Mm -hmm. Where do you think she might go? To join the man she loves in the in light. light. I mean, nice. Damn. Damn. I'll buy and it. And you know what? The nice part is that then it completely erases the possibility of using her in this foolish reboot that NBC is going <laughs> to do. And I've, I've now cleansed myself of even coming up with that idea. Oh, my goodness. But then Lee and, and but then they have that last flashback yeah. of Lee and Kara and the double dog dare. Mm hmm that then ends up with something's broken, mm -hmm. which, oh, such like good writing, directing, oh, acting. Yeah. The whole fracking thing was beautiful. Oh, Do you, and, and just, uh, uh, oh, man, Starbucks character just going through so many twists and turns, but there is just this element of that character that goes throughout the entire series mm -hmm. that it's at one point you're like, man... This care, this person is broken. This person, there's something wrong there. But yeah. you also find yourself kind of wishing, like I wish I could be that person, mm -hmm. that person who so inhabits himself. Like there's actually, uh, oh crap, I gotta find it here. I, I keep this bulletin board of like quotes and other stuff on uh, next to my desk. A genius is the one most like himself. Thelonious Monk said that. Just in case you're wondering nice. what the reference is. Nice. But I think a lot of people, a lot of us wish that we could inhabit ourselves as fully as the character of Starbuck mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. Like she under, she, I mean, even though she doesn't know who she is, she inhabits herself fully, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. But I just think that, again, I just thought, you know, I mean, of course, Dirk Benedict was, was fantastic as Starbuck in, in 1978 and all that. And, it's, and yeah, that's, that was great for that time. For the record... Katie Sackhoff did an amazing job taking Starbuck and fleshing it out into a full character. Yeah. I don't think you could have played the Dirk Benedict Starbuck over four seasons. You could play the Katie Sackhoff Starbuck over four seasons. Yeah. She did a fantastic job. This is the last chance I really get to sing her praises. So, damn it, I'm singing from the choir, from the balcony, hey, from everywhere. Hey, you know, it, it's not to be said in a year from now we may not do a recap of the recap. You know what I mean? I'm game. I'm actually I'm actually planning on starting to rewatch the entire series like after we finish this. I got to get the DVD box set because apparently I missed a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you right now, you know, okay, 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 okay. You know what they did? Oh, they, my they, gosh. They mess with you at the network, okay? Okay, <laughs> okay. And this is a family show, so I won't do the, the original Leo Getz uh, bit. Oh, my gosh. Such a so, uh, Joe Pesci so in that part one, is so good. One, Anyways. one question for you. With, with Lee's yes. flashback where there's one where he is, I mean, both of them he's, he's recovering from being drunk the night before. Oh, he's still drunk. But in one, he, there's no recovery. He's still drunk. Right, but 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 uh, and maybe this is the same day or something. But I, I kind of got the sense it was two different moments. In the one, he chases. There's a pigeon that's like flying around in his uh, yeah, yeah. apartment, and he's like chasing it away, and he's breaking stuff, and he's just like swinging wildly with a broom. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one, the you know, he's laying there, and the pigeon lands, and when he looks at it and sits up, it just like gets up and flies away. Do you? 
think those are representative of 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 you know where he's at in terms of of Starbuck both you know in the time when he's like swinging the broom that it, that's like him and Starbuck before she dies and becomes the angel and then the second time with the pigeon is really symbolic of Starbuck as that angel but he's willing to let her go you know what I mean? Um, like, like I, I guess in the first scene, it's not that he's he's trying to keep the pigeon. You know, like he's trying to keep Starbuck. But there there was an element of their relationship during her life where he very much seemed like he was fighting her. You know, and chasing her oh, away. You know, and yeah, totally. And and but in a but in a in a, in, a, in almost like a uh, a pushing away, but trying to keep her close mm-hmm. sort of way. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, I first of all, I think those are the same day. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think it's the same day. It's just I, I think at, at the first part where he's chasing the pigeon around and can't catch it. Mm-hmm. I think then he passes out. Okay, that's my interpretation. He passes out and then he wakes up and the thing is there and then he gets up and the pigeon flies out. Which actually, if I if I'm remembering right from the commentary, that was that actually happened. They weren't expecting it. They were hoping that the pigeon would fly out. And they they but they didn't think it would happen, and it actually did fly out the door because this is like one of the worst things you can ever do in any TV show or movie is like work with animals because they don't know what the frack is going on. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just hoping really yep. that they'll do what you're hoping they'll do. Right. But I think it's representative. Yes, I think it's representative of Starbucks, but I also think it's representative of life mm-hmm. fully. Mm-hmm. He has held on to so much and keeps grasping at what he wants to do, and he isn't really sure. And it's one of those things where, oh, crud, I can't remember the movie that it is. I should, though. But it's the it's a movie where they're talking about, you know, uh, they're talking about Catcher in the Rye, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's one of those interesting books, much like um, On the Road, where if you read it at a certain point at different points in your life, it means completely different things like catcher in the rye. You read that in like junior high, high school. Oh my gosh. You identify with Holden Caulfield so much. Like it is life itself. Kind of the same with on the road. Like you, you identify with that character. You read it later on in life. Like I read catcher in the rye maybe 10 years ago and I'm I was reading it and I'm like this dude is a whiny jerk <laughs> you know like oh my gosh but it's said but it is a there's a movie I can't remember what it is but they're talking about how he you know the character oh I identify with Holden Caulfield and he's like no 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 you're the roommate yeah. who is like the the goody you know thinks he's better than everybody and this and that and the other that's who you are yeah yeah. You know, it's that idea like you want to identify with something and and you know, uh, in a way I say I want to identify with Starbucks. I want to inhabit myself fully. Where most of us are Leadama, we're flailing around. Yeah. We're holding on to stuff that we shouldn't hold on to. We we don't know what we want to do. We're going here, there and everywhere. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a viper pilot. I want to be an admiral. Yeah. You know, we don't know what the hell we're doing. Right. Right. We want to be like the rogue the you know the person who's i don't care and this and that and the other but we're really lee like i don't know what the hell's going on yeah you know yeah. and i feel like that scene to me in retrospect now and i could be completely full of crap and ron moore might come to my house and say you're wrong which would actually be cool because then i'd be like cool i've got scotch come and talk to me some more you um, gotta film that if that happens just him walking up the door saying wrong and then walking away Oh, I would, dude. I, that would be like one of the high points of my life. Be like, yes. <laughs> which, 
<laughs> which really says how deep I've gone into this geek hole of mine. Oh boy! But uh, but no, I, I I do. I think that I think it doesn't just represent Starbuck. It represents his entire life, mm-hmm. like letting go of things. And I think the fact that it plays where it does in the final episode is him letting it go. Yeah. He lets go of his dad. He lets go of Kara. He lets go of all the technology that they're all letting go of. He lets go of all of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether he wants to or not. I mean, it, it, it's not a willful letting go, but I think he, he finally gets to that point of, okay, yeah, that's it, you know? No, I think I think it makes sense. But I, I do I do love that. Um, I, I just, oh, man, just one more time. Katie Sackhoff was flipping amazing mm-hmm. in this. I'd, and, and, and that's not to say that anybody else wasn't, as we've, as I've said before, Top to bottom, I think everyone was great. Like even people who were like deckhands, I think were fantastic. Like the dude who got killed in like the mini series and was like, he had like the Darth Maul sort of like a makeup job going on. Mm-hmm. That even he was great. But uh, yeah, Katie Sackhoff was just amazing as Starbuck. Yep. Just to say it one more time. One more time. Take it to the limit. Oh, good lord. One more. I, I effing hate the Eagles, man. Anyways. And I and I actually do. I can't believe I've actually cited the Eagles. I think now like three times in this episode. I feel dirty. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, final thoughts. Uh, now we're going to get to the epilogue, which is actually probably one of the more controversial parts of this. I think honestly, if if they had ended with a Dama on the mountaintop talking to Rosalind, a hundred a hundred percent, or well, no, not a hundred percent, because there's always jerks. 97.3% of Battlestar Galactica fans, like hardcore fans who had watched everything, would have been happy. Yeah, yeah. However, that wasn't good enough for Ron Moore. Mm -mm. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Oh, Mm -mm. no. Mm -mm. We got to push this a little bit more. So uh, final thoughts on the epilogue. 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 Well. Epilogue. The epilogue. Epilogue. Um, yes. Logi. Logi. Uh, so I guess to set it up I, for the... I was going to I was gonna try and hawk a loogie, but... Well, I'd, yeah, you might hurt your... I was in mid-sip. Probably throw a, a vertebrae out in the process, but... Um, I, that kind of hurts, man. Yeah, it, it does. Gotta, it does. But, uh, yeah, so, so for the listeners, again, if, if you haven't seen it, please, please watch it. 150,000 years later. 150, so... <laughs> So it's not enough they land on our planet, which which it becomes quite obvious as Galactic is going over the moon and shedding its shielding in the process. Oh, geez. you see the Earth and you see what is very clearly Africa, and so they they end Pulling up pulling an Apollo thirteen, just like debris and gases. Yes, oh. yes, and they are landing on our Earth. And if it wasn't already clear based on the fact they found, you know. Um, uh, just early man that that this the series which for you know for for much of it I think everyone assumed was in the future uh, mm-hmm. now becomes clearly stated as being in the past yeah. and in the epilogue it it kind of does this uh, this flyover of a lot of different terrain and you know I think it's it's just trying to illustrate you know uh, finally in text it comes up 150,000 years later and we see a shot of the New York skyline and when that happened, you know, because which honestly, uh, such a great idea to go from like 
African plain mm-hmm. to forest to Central Park to Central to like New York skyline. That was yes, flipping amazing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and. Because I mean, if if you've ever been in Central Park, like the idea, like there's this gigantic park in the middle of one of the most bustling cities on the planet, and you're in that park, you kind of actually forget that you're inside of a city for a minute. Yeah. It is the weirdest sensation. Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to talk. No, that. no, I, and I, th- I think it's a good point. And you know, so for for me, the first time I saw this, it was such. I, I kind of have this in the notes where, you know, I, I I call it a radical mind flip. I mean, it's it's. You're you're in one context for so long in this show, and to then have it flipped on its head to be not a story about the future, but a story about our past, mm. and have you know, and and I thought it was a brilliant move by by Ronald Moore and 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 the writers to to do this because, you know, the original BSG was meant to be in the future, you know, and and it, it was interesting for them to to play with that and to flip it into a, um. You know, again, a, a, another statement on that cycle they were talking about with with humans and machines, and and kind of ending the show with a question on like like rather leaving the show with a question concerning any of our characters, it's leaving a question of the show in terms of us. You know, and you know the the whole back and forth between Head Baltar and Head Six about you know will will hu- will this humanity make the same mistakes as you know the 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 colonials did you know, with, mm-hmm. with the Cylons and so forth. And uh, I, I just thought that was just such a brilliant way to end it. I think I, I think other fans didn't care for it. They thought it was, I don't know if it was heavy-handed or, you know, I think I think a lot of the, the criticisms I read about the finale really center on the fact that, that, you know, spirituality and God was kind of used as the explanation for a lot of stuff, as, as like this, yeah. this duex machina sort of, uh, you know, tool used in, in the storytelling, but you know, maybe it's, it's, you know, where I come from, what my perspective on the world is and so forth. But I thought it was a really brilliant way to kind of end the story, not in a way that felt foreign to what the prior four years was trying to tell, but it felt very much in line with what they were, you know, the, the, the theme of all of this has happened before. Will it happen again? And mm. And kind of bringing it to that closure point, uh, showing how, you know, at least at that point in 2000, what was it, 10 when it ended or 2008? I forget. Nine. Two, 2009. You know, showing clips of where we were, uh, where we are with robotics and so forth. And, you know, especially one of the robots looking very much like the Athena boomer model was, was you know, especially, you know, eerie to see and that kind yeah. of thing. But but to but you know but to end the show on that kind of note to ask that question you know that that they closed out the story of the characters that we followed through four years in a very poetic way across the board and then to add on to it almost like the cherry on top of the Sunday which is here we are and we're heading in the same direction you know what what is our choice going to be along the way you know and yeah I, I just thought it was a great way to end a science fiction story you know it's it's always mm-hmm. good when you can spin it into something that's a bit of a critique on our society and on who we are um you know we we've seen in the last 10 years a lot of that stuff come out especially in terms of concerns about privacy and so forth with social media and other things and you know the question of you know kind of like what Lee was talking with his father about when they made the decision to spread out across the planet, which was, you know, oftentimes we let technology lead ahead of where our hearts are. You know, and and, yeah. and I thought that was a really great way to weave 
the those themes and and that sort of idea into the ending. Um, mm-hmm. So for for me, I it, I thought you know I said this on the last show. I'll say it again. It to me that this entire series to me is about as perfect a series a, a TV series can be. Um, yeah, the storytelling was consistent. I I didn't mind the 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 leaning on supernatural forces in terms of getting them to their end and so forth. I thought it was, you know, again coming from a background where there's stories of arcs and you know people being saved from calamity and that sort of thing. You know, it's it's just another it's another story in that vein. You know, and um, and and I thought it was very well done. Um, so for me, I, I thought the epilogue was great. I think a lot of the criticism is a bit overstated. Um, the funniest one that I read, I think, yesterday on Wikipedia, I think, came from George R. R. Martin, who did Game of Thrones. Oh, geez. He 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 did not like the reliance on God and all this stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, and your show didn't quite end very well either. So. <laughs> Oh, geez, George, you could have gotten the ending you've wanted if you could actually crank out more than one page per month. Oh, I got Todd cranked up, baby. Here we go. Uh, I'm sorry, but you know what? In the time it takes George R.R. R. Martin to write one book, uh-huh. Stephen King has 20. I know. I know. It's crazy. And I'm not saying that they're all highlights, but I mean, for goodness sake, I mean, seriously, I, yeah. I and I've had writer's block. I mean, I've, I've, I've tried writing and I've gotten to blocks, but good Lord, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is all you do. Yep. You got one job. Tell us how, you know, you know, the dragons do. I don't even I, I haven't watched any of the shows or read any of the books. It's just peripherally pissing me off because I hear so I hear so many people complaining about it. Right. Right. So Anyways. so o- overall, th- those are just my thoughts on the epilogue. I, I really appreciate it. I thought it was was just a very, very cool way to end the series and uh i do have one question at the end but i i just wanted to uh bring that out and 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 before i ask you the question what what are your thoughts on the epilogue you know there are parts of it that i look at and i'm like eh, it's a little too cute however i also see the merit in drawing that around to kind of a full circle like tying it back into today because they did make that that choice of instead of it being in the future, it's in the past. So if they just left it there, you know, I think they could have, they could so could have left it with Adama on the mountaintop and the music swelling and that beautiful shot of him. And they, then they show Laura's grave and you're like, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. It's wonderful. And then they, <laughs> you could have ended there. You could have. I say the braver thing to do is to do what they did, which is then to tie it into today, mm-hmm. because that is such a tough thing to do is to to kind of graft anything into what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because those things, whenever you do that, you're taking the chance of, oh, this ain't going to age well. <laughs> Right. It might not age well. This could look completely stupid within a year, mm-hmm. let alone five or six or ten or fifteen years. It's gonna look utterly stupid and you and you come off with egg on your face. Yeah. So I, I look at that as like, you know what, man, that's kind of like the same sort of I look at it as as uh, as what uh, Francis Ford Coppola mm-hmm. when he talked mm-hmm. about when he was making uh, Apocalypse Now and he says you know he's putting his own money into the movie yeah. and he says you know if I only have this much money but if I use it in an audacious way almost like 
it, like if you're at a casino and you're gambling and you don't care, mm-hmm. if you're using it in an audacious way, you can make it feel like $10,000 can feel like $10 million, Yeah. You know? And that sort of thing. Like taking those chances of like, you know, this could fail, but you know what? I'm going to do it in such a crazy, audacious way that at least the attempt people will be able to go, <laughs> all right, yeah. that flopped, but damn, I got to give you some props for actually even trying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how I look at it. Uh, because I do appreciate the fact that they brought it back. I do appreciate the fact that they try to tie it into today and and really start to add some questioning because they do kind of, it is kind of neat the way they tie it up mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. well, what if this, you know, we're, we're going to, all the, the skin job Cylons are going to stay on Earth and they're just going to go their natural way and they'll eventually break down, die, whatever. And then the Centurions, we've decided to give them their freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if they decide that they've got a grudge, you know, almost like a, you know, uh, in Kill Bill where yeah. where Uma Thurman takes out yeah. uh, Copperhead's mom, or Co- Copperhead, and then talks to the daughter, like, you know, if you're still sore about it, you come find me, sort of thing. Right. Like, right. what if they're still sore about this 100 years from now and they come back, and by the way, we've sent all of our ships into the sun, so we're just a sitting duck. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know you know, hoping that, oh, this is going to break the cycle. This starts bringing it back to like, well, maybe it wasn't the Centurions that we have to worry about. Maybe it's just human nature right. that we have to worry about, right. you know. But I did I did really like, uh, of course, I mean, the Ron Moore cameo was fantastic. <laughs> because it, it it's become such a thing of like, yeah. and, and it goes back to Hitchcock. I mean, Hitchcock used to put himself into his movies and have cameos in his movies and stuff like that. And and directors and producers like to find their way into a into a movie. And even like Francis Ford Coppola, he was in Apocalypse Now. Right. Like he right. he's playing a director in the movie, which was kind of a little too meta, but I mean, whatever. Uh, you know, it's the Ron Moore cameo. But of course, then you know, Head Six and Head Balt are talking. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 six talking about God. Mm-hmm. And then Baltar getting really ultra serious like you know he doesn't like that name. And I, I was like and then of course, oh, you know, and then he just kind of goes this flip thing and they walk off. And that's kind of like the last major line. I'm like, "Wait a minute, I want to hear the explanation for that." Right, right. And it well, and, it does and, leave you hanging, and, which I'm like, that is so beautiful. And 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 that's the thing I wanted to ask you about is what what was your interpretation of that? Because you know, she Oh, I don't have a fracking clue, dude. Okay. I that blew my mind when I watched it today. Like I watched it earlier this week and I was like, "Huh." And then I realized as I'm watching it today, I'm like, "I have no idea what that means right i have no idea where they're heading with that right. or if it just seemed like a a good way to twist at the end and be like haha eh. yeah yeah <laughs> I, I've, i mean I no idea or if it's a matter of like the idea i mean you could get into like the the idea of like you know what is god's name and 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 the idea of like different religions having a name for god mm-hmm. and and of course romans and greeks having you know various gods and and egyptians and all that and of course that was one of the things that in the original battlestar galactica they actually mentioned like the toltecs and the this and that and the blah 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 all these different ancient cultures that had these you know and of course the entire thing based on the the zodiac and the and the greek and the roman gods and apollo and you know athena and all this and and all of these names for god and then the idea of like god doesn't like the name god well okay well what does 
it, he, she want to be called. Right, right. You know, and and the idea of drawing out to that bigger idea of like, okay, well, what is God? Yeah. I man, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to listen that far in the in the commentary, well, and I'm not even sure if he comments on well, it. Well, because because all all six says is 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 basically this too is in God's plan, and that's when he gets serious yes. and says. You know he doesn't like that name, and then he and then he goes all playful. And he's like, "Silly me, silly, silly me," and then then they walk yes. off. And I'm like, I don't quite follow what that even means. <laughs> yeah. I need another episode. Wait, it's like don't go. Which oh. is fantastic. Although here is and here is my one nit to pick because I had well no actually I got two, I got two, and I know this isn't on our outline, so I'm totally springing this on you, but you know. Eh, if you didn't see this coming. Come on. And, uh, so my two nits to pick. Uh, the first one being, I could have done, and again, I'm not, uh, this is my my presidency of the, the Katie Sackhoff fan club, which was you know graciously reinstated on a probationary basis, probably will get revoked again here. I could have I done without the, today is the first day of the rest of your life. I could have done without that line. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. and again, maybe I'm just I'm maybe I'm just giving Katie Sackhoff way too much, you know, latitude in this. I was like, you know, I'll allow it. Yes, <laughs> you know, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like, all right, fine. The other knit would be, and this isn't even so much a knit. This is almost like just a, a fanboy sort of thing that I was hoping that would happen. When they're walking down the street in New York as all along the Watchtower is playing, mm-hmm. after they've gone through all of the, you know, the artificial intelligence robots and all that stuff, as Baltar and Six are walking away, and of course, again, James Callis is like a foot and a half shorter <laughs> than Trisha Helfer, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, it is. And and I love how they didn't they didn't actually try to hide it because I actually was reading some of the trivia behind uh, Top Gun, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and Kelly McGill uh, McGillis McGinnis. No, I think it, I think it's McGillis. Yeah, yeah, because I was reading that because of of our previous episode, and I was try- I am thorough in some of the stuff that I add in, so I was reading all the trivia for Top Gun because I am also a geek, and and Tom Cruise is five seven, which hey props, I'm like an inch taller than Tom Cruise. There you go. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. There you go. That is my life's achievement. Kelly McGill's is a 5'10". <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they had her, they had like Tom Cruise wearing lifts in his shoes and then in the in the scene in the bar at the end like they actually dug a trench for her to stand in oh, so that they would be the same height. Good lord. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the fact that they never really did that with Baltar and Six mm-hmm. like they kind of I, I joke like when they had when they had six and when they had Trisha Helfer and Lucy Lawless like the only way they put them all in bed together so they wouldn't show just how short James Callis was compared to the right two right right but I love how they didn't they didn't like oh we're just gonna put stilts on James and and yeah. Trisha's gonna be in flats like no you wear your heels girl yeah. you know and and you know what James will deal with it but as they're walking away from the camera and all the people are there and there's a couple of people who kind of look. Mm-hmm a little bit at the two of them, even though, I mean, I don't know how that was filmed or whatever. Dude, wouldn't it have been great in one of, like, one or two of the eyes of the people who were walking towards the camera just to see, like, the red for, like, the Cylon, like, the, the eye going back and forth? Wouldn't it have been awesome just to see, like, that red come out just a little mm-hmm. oh. in a couple of those oh. eyes? And then you're like, oh, dear God. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're all doomed. Oh. Uh, and again, that's that's a total fanboy thing, but that yeah. is one of the nits that I will pick on that. Yeah. But yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I am wholeheartedly in the camp of I love the epilogue. It is, I mean, just, it's hard to let it go, man. You know, it's 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 been a journey. It's it's been fun I, I, watching these four the these four seasons again and 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 re-experiencing it all over. Because because like I said, when I watched it, it was probably early 2010s, if if not oh man 2010 ish. Uh, it's been a while. So like after it even been like the last season was even off the air. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I never saw it live to air when it was when it was actually on Sci-Fi. I, I only wow. I saw it completely after the fact. I had heard about it from coworkers and like I mentioned, there was you know either things you posted in Facebook or because because you know again we we were still kind of talking sporadically and um. And I, and I just remember seeing how interested you were in it and stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe we should check this out. And I, and, and was that when we were having a tiff? Uh, oh, you mean the old? T- <laughs> Are you referring to the tiff of 07? <laughs> I just love how you refer to it. Where are we still till, still talking sporadically? Like, well, I damn, I, were, we, I were, mean, were we broken up? Then? What happened? We, we we talk much more now than we do. Was this that when show. you sent me a note in English class and we were broken up until we hit social studies? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, okay. cool. Um. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it was it was probably the early 2010s that mm-hmm. I watched it, and and it was uh, such an innocent time. It was, and uh, you know, it, it was it was fun because you know my wife and I watched it together, and and you know, there's not a lot of sci-fi shows that we typically. I, I mean, she is a fan of Star Trek: Next Generation, so we would watch that. But uh, but it was just it was fun to just kind of watch that through and go through that whole journey and just experience uh, like all the things we've been talking about in these recaps. But that ending, I just remember when I saw that ending, I'm like, what a phenomenal ending to a show. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just just top to bottom. It's it's a hard thing for any show to 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 close it out in a clean and, and satisfying way. And this one stuck the landing, uh, so yes. to speak, you know, uh, as as Husker said on the deck, uh, this this was a one way trip, and uh, oh my gosh, it was it was a great one. It was a great one. Oh, so, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. It's uh, it's been fun, and I think we do need to revisit this in another year or so. Uh, <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to talk about the Opera House some more? Can we can we stretch this out for another? Uh, oh no, wait! It's been like two hours since we started talking about this. I guess we got to draw this to a close. Yeah, we're getting close but to two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are going to do an episode on the plan because that is the official uh, completion of the Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. So we have to, and and I have no idea what's going on with uh, with Peacock. <sighs> Freaking <laughs> stupidest name for a Hulu is a better name for a service than Peacock. That's just my contention. Uh, but we have no idea what's happening with that, when that's coming, or anything like that. So we're just going to pretend that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And we are going to consider the plan the finale of the Battlestar Galactica universe, as it should be, because, damn it, it was directed by Edward James almost. Mm. So that is good enough for me. Mm-hmm. And another thing. So uh, what do you got for uh, another thing this week, sir? 
so my end, another thing is a uh, a series that I've started watching uh, with my wife. Uh, she has seen it uh, through completion, and uh, she she's kind of my Sherpa to some 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 ah. good shows that I've kind of missed. Uh, as you can see or tell, there's probably a, a pattern there of me just not watching things when they're relevant and popular. <laughs> It's just like my my lot in life is to just lag behind everyone. So that's all right. I've done that with music, sir. So it's it's all good. I feel like I'm a couple decades behind everybody else. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. So, uh, but we've started watching the show Grimm, uh, which aired on NBC from 2011 through 2017. Uh, it's a series uh, that follows uh, Portland homicide detective Nick Burkhart. Uh, who discovers he is a Grimm, the latest in a line of guardians who are sworn to keep the balance between humanity and mythological creatures known as Wesson. So uh, it is, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit off the, the BSG path, but it is, uh, it's been interesting. It's episodic, uh, a little bit of serializ- you know, serialized format to it, but, but definitely more episodic. And uh, it's, you know, it's different. It's interesting. Um and uh, yeah, we're about four or five episodes in, so I'm just kind of just uh, sitting back and kind of enjoying the ride. But uh, but yeah, so so that's my end. Another thing is uh, check it out. It's it's uh, it's a good series. I mean, I'm not gonna put it at the level of BSG. It's definitely below that. But it's uh, you know it's 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 interesting if you have uh, if if you're someone who liked Once Upon a Time or some of those shows that are kind of based on you know, like fairy tale-ish characters and stuff. That's kind of the, the slant it takes, but it does it in, uh, in, in kind of a, uh, digestible way. You know, it's not, it's definitely not one of those kind of corny sort of shows. It's, it, it, it definitely, uh, tells stories in a pretty effective way. So, uh, so Grim nice. and you, sir. Well, mine for this week is going to be something we've mentioned a couple times here on the podcast. And, uh, it seems to be appropriate given the fact that, uh, and I didn't even notice that, well, I, I kind of did and I kind of didn't last week. Our, our minds were on other things last week as we were recording, mm-hmm. uh, we recorded mm-hmm. on, uh, May 31st. And, uh, my, another thing for, uh, this week is the Watchmen TV series on HBO. Oh. Which centers around the the Tulsa race massacre, Tulsa 21, which took place May 31st to June 1st, 1921. And first of all, the uh, Damon Lindelhoff just did such an amazing job oh, yeah. taking something that was really book closed. I mean, Watchmen was a was a series of comics, uh, graphic novel compiled, and then was a movie, which uh, people had said was unfilmable. Which uh, Zack Snyder was it Zack? It was Zack Snyder, right? Right. Uh, it was yes. Uh, who who then filmed it, and then people were pissed off about it. I thought, yeah, it pr- did a pretty decent job, uh, but of course, then taking something that was essentially book closed, and then opening that book and putting it in a whole other world which was really grounded in Tulsa 21, the Tulsa yeah. massacre of 21, which was uh, an element of, of American history, which I don't know about you. I had never heard about this through all of my history classes growing up, yeah. elementary, junior high, high school, even into college. Nope. And I took college history classes. Yep. I, I'm a person who I, I enjoy history very much. I, 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 I enjoy reading biographies. I enjoy learning trivia about history. I think history is such a rich subject. It's, it's almost 10 times more interesting than fiction half the time. I'd never heard of this. 
And it is, in a, I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole thing because I can't go into detail that would actually serve it properly. So go ahead and Wikipedia, uh, Tulsa Race Massacre. It was the single worst incident of racial violence in American history yeah. is what it is called. And that is a quote directly from Wikipedia. And they use this incident as a takeoff point for... Uh, entry into the Watchmen universe and then managed to tie it into the the Watchmen universe that we are kind of familiar with and did it in such an, uh, again, an audacious way of of just here, we're go- here we go. Yeah. We're going and, and, and damn it, we're going to go boldly. And it was amazing. Nine episodes of, of poetry. I, I put it in somewhat of a different category of something like Battlestar Galactica because Damon Lindelhoff has actually said that he doesn't have any other plans. Like, this is this is one season, nine episodes, and that is it. And maybe, you know, he's going to have another series or not. But right now, there's, as far as I've heard, there's not really <laughs> too much as far as uh, a season two. Um, so an amazing show, especially prescient to watch right now. Yeah. Um, I won't spoil anything. I won't go into details. If you have uh, some means to watch it, it is well worth your time. Yeah. It is probably one of the finest television shows I've ever seen in terms of a limited series sort of thing. Yeah, if if we're going to proclaim BSG as a, a, a near-perfect TV series from open to, mm. to, to close, for a show like this to go one season, I, you and I were both just like, this is just incredible storytelling. Um, yeah. You know, not not just the content of the stories, but but the the thematic elements of some of the stories. Um, uh, you know, there there's there's an episode that's almost entirely dedicated to one of the characters kind of reliving uh, a, a relative's past, and the way they did that, with both in terms of of you know filming and and approach was just awesome, just awesome. So yeah. it, it was. Just topped, and, and it was it was such a, a an original and, and unique way of taking, like you said, the base material, and kind of flipping it into something different, but still paying homage to the to to, to the original content. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I stand by your recommendation, sir. So uh, now we have come to the end of our time, and we appreciate you all for tuning in, and and as always, just kind of listening to us talk about stuff, and hopefully. Uh, hopefully we've helped you give some give some release escape some laughs yeah you know this is all about you know the chuckles and and being kind of ridiculous that's that's why it's called free range idiocy the tom, we obviously do not take ourselves seriously the tomfoolery if you will the tom see there you are you're being fancy i i am not as fancy Bye. so we appreciate y'all for tuning in and uh and you know if you want to subscribe, subscribe. Uh, I'm 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 done selling it at this point. <laughs> you know, if you want to subscribe, subscribe. Once again, this week with everything that's going on in the world, the the two main things that we want to ask you to do, uh, we're not asking you to subscribe. We're not asking you to follow us on social media or anything. If you want to do that, do that. Right, go right ahead. If you want to do us any favors, if you want to do anything that will actually make us feel better. As human beings, if you want to do anything that will that will feed our souls, one, be good to your fellow human beings. Mm-hmm. Just be kind, mm-hmm. be understanding, listen. Yep. And uh, and the other thing is, and actually, I'll make this another. Even though I just said it, listen 
listen, listen, listen to other people. If they're telling you something has happened in their life that has hurt them, do not discount. Shut your pie hole and listen. Mm-hmm. And let them tell you what has affected them, what has hurt them, the troubles that they've had. And don't rush to tell them how bad you've had it. And, and I say that as somebody who, who has spent the last two and a half hours interrupting Tim <laughs> talking about <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. And I know I don't follow my own advice in this respect. However, uh, this is a podcast and we know each other a, a bit and, and, and we've gone through a lot of stuff. And, and Tim's used to me interrupting him and he's used to then coming in over the top and getting the better salient points. That's right. So I like to think that he ends up coming out ahead. That's right. Um, That's right. Think, think, think of me as, as, as the canon that's firing in from from the colony on Galactica, and there's there's Todd the the the, the quad gun going, yeah, <laughs> just spraying everywhere, not hitting anything, and Tim's just like, hey, this, boom, yes, yes, um, yes. But when it comes to dealing with your with your fellow people, mm-hmm. just listen. Yep, just listen, take to heart, and sometimes it's just better to listen and just say, hey, I hear you, mm-hmm. and not contribute any damn other thing. That's all I got to say. I don't. I don't mean to bring us down here, but I just want to make sure that you know where we stand. Mm-hmm. You, you subscribe or not, that's fine. Just be good to each other. That's right. That's, that's right. That that will that will do more for us than a subscription ever will. Mm-hmm. Especially since we aren't making any money off this anyway. No, we're not. So no, we're not. We would we would much rather you be good to your fellow people out there. So right now, as usual, we have hit the point uh, where we are about ready to wrap this sucker up, and this is where I turn to the less idiotic of the two idiots who, who, who comprise this show, and I say, sir, would you please be so good as to take us home? I will start our conclusion with this. <sighs> it's, com- it's, it's, it's come to an end. It's come to an end, and, uh, oh... But what a journey, baby! What a journey! It's it's been a it's been a pleasure to uh, to to discuss and and rewatch these last four seasons with you, my friend. It has been uh, it's it's hard to say good. I, I, we're gonna do one well, more. Hang on, are you are you quitting the podcast? No, right no, 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 like no, no, no. But but just leave me out here to drive. No, but but this has been a a, a, a foundational. Have made other arrangements. A foundational <laughs> part of 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 what we have talked about over over these last thirty one episodes. And okay, it's, I'm a little less nervous. No, now. no, no, no. It's 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 all good, baby. Um, <laughs> Oh, you're totally leaving for a better pot. You're, you're going to be the fifth host on Scruffy no, Podcasters good. next oh, week. Oh, jeez. I know it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No way. Uh, no, my friend, I'm, you're you're stuck with me. Um, so. uh, okay, fine. <laughs> but, uh, no, we, we, we bid adieu to uh, William Adama and crew, and it's been, uh, uh, again, just, just a, a fine bit of storytelling, fine bit of uh, – uh, sci-fi that we've we've been discussing over uh, past the what these eight nine months we've been doing this and oh no we're coming well, up on a year we're, we're almost on Remember? a year but uh, but we started recording like you said in August so uh, uh, well that was the yeah that was the first battle start yes yeah, first right. BSG yeah. one so you math much better than I do I, I should just shut try up to now. Uh, sometimes I get lucky <laughs> so. <laughs> But uh, no, it's 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 been a, it's been a heck of a ride, uh, and it's been fun, and I look forward to 
the the next topics we will start to uh, embrace and digest and and discuss uh, together. But having said all of that and scaring Todd into thinking I'm leaving the podcast, which I'm not, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna say and, and echo uh, what what he what he has uh, been discussing as well by saying, uh, please be kind, listen, be good to each other, and uh, please hit the lights on the way out. I can take the wrong week to quit drinking. What did you say? Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Oh, now what the hell are we going to do?